Hey, thanks for tuning on the Uncommon People podcast. This is the show about ordinary people and their extraordinary stories. I think we've all got that to share. We've all got lots of stories and lots of life experiences of our own that's different from everybody else's. And I think there's a lot to learn from that. So I love having the opportunity to listen to these stories and ask questions and give other people the chance to hear them as well and learn from them. So if you think you'd like to have this kind of a conversation, I would love for you to reach out to me. My website is joeltimothy.co and you can find my contact info up there. I would really encourage you to do that if you'd be interested. This is episode 11, I believe, of the show. I sit down here with Maynard Timmons to have a conversation. I hope you get through the whole thing and that you get a lot of value from it and that you learn something new and learn a new perspective, a way of seeing the world and life. So here it is, without further ado, my conversation with Maynard Timmons. Seven brew. Okay. I got I got seven brew the day before yesterday, I think, because I normally on my lunch break I read, but I finished my book that I was reading. Okay. And so I had more time after I ate. I was like, oh, I have what am I gonna book? do now? Dune. Dune. Yeah. Okay. So sci-fi book from the '60s. Okay. Kind of like uh, it's almost like the father of sci-fi is what what they say. Okay. And Frank Herbert wrote it. Okay. They're making a movie of it. Okay. Like but, hardcover book. Yeah, like a novel. Mm-hmm. That's sweet. Great book. Okay. But I finished that, so I didn't have anything much to do on my lunch. So I thought, you know, I'm going to treat myself. I'm going to go get seven brew because those people there are so nice. <laughs> yeah. They so, got you engulfed in their culture. They did. <laughs> <laughs> so and they're not fooling shout me. Shout out to seven brew. You know? <laughs> it's like they're not... Um, it's not that I'm going because I'm unaware of why I'm going. I know I'm going because the people are so great. Mm. And I recognize that's why they have business. That's why they make money. Yeah. Um, but they're doing it well. <laughs> but I, I went there and I got something. And I came back and I went back, you know, to work. And I had my drink there. <laughs> and Amy, one of the tellers, is like, you got seven brew. And I said, you know what they're doing well? Those people are so nice. She mm. said, yeah, they're they're just getting paid for it, though. That's why they're doing it. And I said, Amy, that's not true. Yeah. They're, I, they're doing it because those are the people that they're hiring. But what difference does it make? If It's, it's like if whether they're hiring or it's natural or if they're getting paid to do it. It's like at the overall experience, you're, you're appreciative of it. Mm-hmm. So if, I'm go- if I like to be happy, yeah. I'm going to go where there's happiness. Yeah. Even if it's manufactured happiness. And at a certain point, the manufactured thing becomes genuine anyways. For sure. These people are coming into work every day and they were like, all right, you're here like to have a good time. You're going to have a good time. It's infectious. Of course. Well, yeah, we're having a good time. (laughs) It's like I have a friend who works there at the Tawny Town one and somebody was asking her how it is. And she's like, it's great. We just kind of go in and turn on music and just have a party. That's awesome. That's what they seem like every time I go through. That's awesome. They're in there, like, music on, having Vibing a good time. Out. Yeah. That's good. Good mm-hmm. energy. It's yes. infectious. Yes, I it love is. good energy. So, <laughs> Seven Brew. I think, I think they're doing the customer service thing better than Starbucks is. When I was at Starbucks, that was what our bosses would talk to us about, is the comparison to Seven Brew. Because Seven Brew is pretty recent, mm-hmm. and they're local, mm-hmm. in northwest Arkansas. Mm-hmm. 
And Starbucks is not local. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think, I mean, I don't think people go to Starbucks for customer service. If they receive it, it's like, for sure, that's yeah. phenomenal. You yeah, know? it's different at every store. You might go to one and you go yeah. there because the people are that way and yeah. you love that. Yeah, that's but, a turnkey operation, man. Yeah, but I don't th- I don't think Starbucks pushes that as much as, as Seven Brew or focuses not. as much. Of course not. No, because no. also they're gigantic. So for them to say, no, we're only going to hire people who give off this kind of, this level of energy would be more difficult than... I don't think it's difficult. I just don't think it's a focus. Yeah. Because even if you're a big company, if you have certain morals or certain characteristics that you want to make come through your company, mm-hmm. it's going to happen if yeah. that was a focus. You know what I'm saying? Where energy goes, success flows, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yep. So... You know where that comes from, right? Where's I've heard you say it. Yeah, I say it. I like a lot of different great minds, man. Uh-huh. So I'm just like a, a ball of a lot of different energy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Yeah. As long as it's going in a positive direction. I like that. A ball <laughs> of a lot of different energy. Yes. There's one source of energy. One source. There's one source, but there's a lot of different colors. like colors of it. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I like that. Right. So who said it? <laughs> Richard Branson. Richard Branson. Yeah, he said that statement. You might hear me say a lot of quotables like, you know, uh, what is it, Bumblebee? From, um, from Transformers. From Transformers? Yeah, I'm kind of like that. I'm like that when it comes to... Oh, because he always, like, repeats thing. He, like, I, I don't know. Whatever not... comes through him, it's like he, he's a radio. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't just right. talk with his own consciousness or, you know, with his own voice or anything like that mm-hmm. he's literally just like uh at least his the way he communicates is like through other outlets yeah yeah uh, okay i get what you're so saying so it's man. like what what gets stuffed in generally gets filtered out of me okay yeah filtered out yeah it's key because because ev- everything like depends I, on what station you turn on yeah you know <laughs> and i believe every, everybody and every source has truth and beauty in it mm. but it's not all truth or all beauty from anybody. Nobody Say is. Say that one more time. I think every source has truth and beauty in it. Okay. But not everything that comes out of that source is truth and beauty. Okay. You have to filter it. Truth is a, a strong word. It is. Truth is very subjective. The word truth may be. The meaning of the word truth, I guess, is subjective. But my beliefs anyway, I don't think truth is subjective. Okay. And I think there is truth in everybody uh-huh. in part at least as a result of so what is everything coming from the same source i'm just source. curious now we're, I'm, okay i'm just curious yeah this is good um true i'm still working that out okay now what how am i gonna answer that though it's up to this point because i think that's where personally that's where truth gets misconstrued is that there's nobody wants to rely on what the actual truth of matters are they want to have a perspective opinion about truth and call it truth and this is just a general deep yet you know stretchable statement you Mm -hmm. know what i'm saying um because truth is is me and my wife were just having this discussion it was like yo there's like reality but is that truth because there can be certain realities that aren't true Mm -hmm. you get what i'm saying yeah and i'm not trying to you know i can go you know what i mean no let's (laughs) we this is the no holds barred oh, conversation. Yeah. <laughs> no, because I, I I love these type of conversations, mm-hmm. man. I, you know, I had started a organization two or three years ago called Free Thinkers Society. It was like 
And then I quickly put a kibosh on it because I realized that I don't think. I, I really don't. I know that sounds crazy. What do you mean? I just don't even think anymore. Like, thinking puts you in a box. So only what your capabilities are, what your, you know, it lim- it's limiting. Um, because in order to be what, what I aspire to be, godly, it's unthinkable. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't imagine God. You can't. Even if you try the hardest, you can put an image on it or put this or put that. But to do the unthinkable, you can't think. And the world teaches you and systems teach you to think a certain way or to be. Like you're talking about the culture with Seven Brew. Mm-hmm. This is what we're going to do, right? Yeah. But when you just take the gloves off of everything, it's like spirit. It's just like the energy just is it's so profound. It's so amazing when you don't think, bro. I'm serious. Everything that happens good in my life doesn't come from a thought. Hmm. Truly. That's just me. People can think a certain way, um, and then they, they can really mess things up. Humanity thinks. You know what I mean? We think about a lot of different things. But spirituality is just like something that's unthinkable. It's not something that is just uh, innate. That's the word I want to use. Yeah. Okay. I know I just went down a whole road, but that's where my brain goes, bro. Yeah. And I think that's all very interesting. <laughs> yeah. So... We'll come back to your, your question of your question to <laughs> me of is, what right? is truth because I have some things. Say it, sure. Yeah, I, I, as a scientific-minded person too. Yeah, I want to say like, well, a thought is an electrical impulse that goes through your brain, mm-hmm. and you always have those. So you always you're always having thoughts. Mm. I think I'm I understand I'm think what you're trying to get at though with that you don't think mm-hmm. you're, you're living in that state of um i, I don't know the unthinkable yeah yeah and and and, and, I, and just sorry to you know uh interrupt whatever but what it's not what i'm saying is i'm not saying i don't have thoughts mm-hmm. right thinking is still a, a provided action it's something you mm-hmm. have to actually do right i literally and my wife knows this she's my roadie right I literally have to shoot down my thoughts because thinking is very misleading. You can think something and you can go down a totally different direction, you know, then, you know, and I can lead you in a lot of bad places. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And this is just my personal experience. Um, and I believe if more people didn't actually think, but they engage like we're innately supposed to do as people, right? Um, you'll put yourself in a more, in a more prosperous state. So yes, I live literally unthinkable. And I'm not saying like I'm like God or Messiah or anything, but as I stretch my understanding, you know, that's what I follow. So it's like we're made in in that image. You know what I mean? So what is that image exactly? It's the unthinkable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can't really fathom because like you were just saying as a scientific mind, I love science. Just because I don't actually think and just because, well, I can't say I don't, you know, think. I do have thoughts, but I don't follow my thoughts. You get what I'm saying? Or I navigate my thoughts very circumspectly to where it's mm-hmm. like, where's this thought coming from? Most people have this, but everybody doesn't have the understanding to know that their thoughts aren't actually what reality is. Mm-hmm. Does that make? Yeah. Okay. And so that, I mean, that gets to the answer of your question. Yeah. 
for me What's true? what is truth. Right. I believe that truth is a fixed thing, but mm. my perception of it is completely non-fixed. Hmm. The, the perspective I'm able to have on what is actually true can only be born out of my experiences and what I've learned and how I've processed and learned so how to really, see it. Right, but yeah, the, yeah. So I don't think the truth changes or the truth moves, but I do. Since I'm growing and changing, right. the truth looks different to me. So I couldn't give a full definition of like what is the truth because... I recognize I only have a finite perspective on it. Which is why, and I'm not correcting, I'm just more so adding, right? Mm -hmm. Which is why I say the truth is subjective. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because it's based on your perspective of that entity that sits in the middle. Yeah. You know, that you're just kind of walking around. You know what I mean? So, but the truth still remains. And Mm -hmm. and that's where, that's what kind of where it's like, I've come to that realization. Like, dude, I have so many experiences, bro. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like, I've come to the realization that no matter what I think or what my perspective actually is, there's a truth. And if you follow that, it all comes into fruition. It all plays out. The perspective is literally written for you. So you don't have to go into a place to where it's not a place you want to go. Does that make sense? Kind of. Man, it's deep, bro. But it's real. It's Mm -hmm. like, based on my experience, it hasn't proved me wrong. That's how I got to to you, man. Like, <laughs> truly, if that, I that's a big deal for anybody wondering. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. No. But no, you're cool. You're awesome, bro. Thanks, man. Yeah, you're awesome. You too. Yeah, I think um, I think we're kind of getting at the same thing. There is like, it truth is real, and it's this thing that's there, and we're kind of moving around it. Oh yeah. None of us fully understands or knows this thing. Hmm. Um, get to know it. Yeah, get to know it. Yes. It's a process, though. Well, the process is actually sacrifice. You know what I mean? And those that just... I'm sorry, I'm aggressive about the truth, man. I love the truth. I hate lies, bro. I'm literally like... I don't like lies, bro. Because it's so terrible. Mm -hmm. There's nothing beautiful to me about a a lie. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Um, When you just sacrifice your thoughts, it's easy to get to the truth. The process is the thinking part. Because you're trying to make sense of something that you don't understand. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And love is dope. And that's what the truth is, bro. It's sacrifice. You know? And I'm not coming from any religious perspective. I'm coming from an experienced, supernatural, spiritual element. You know what I mean? This isn't like practice. You know what I mean? It's just literally living. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And um, I want everybody to know the truth because the truth is awesome. You know what I'm saying? That's that's what I believe my purpose is. Yep. To share the truth. Oh, I mean to not just share it, but like, yeah, get people to experience it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And if you want to experience something, <clears throat> can't be forced down your throat. That's not a good experience. But my whole goal is to just live and exist. And when people say, hmm, what is that that's so different or peculiar about that person? I say, I'm glad you asked. Well, this this is what it is, you know? And I pride, I don't pride myself on it because truth is really prideless. But it's like it's like why I exist. I believe that. You know what I'm saying? And it's such a, a happy space. It's a space that is just, uh, you know, it's not a lot of negativity. Mm-hmm. It's just really not. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like as I've been getting closer to living in that, mm-hmm. um, life has been really good. Man. <laughs> The last, uh, 2020 was an awesome year for me. Awesome. I know it was 
Congratulations. Very difficult for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Um, But 2020 was a great year for me. Mm. There's a lot of change, a lot of growth, a lot of beauty. Mm. Uh, I think a lot of getting to know the God that I claim to serve. Oh, you said the G word. Yeah, I did. (laughs) The G word comes up a lot on this show. I like it. Yeah. Um, A lot of that. And I've never... In the years that I spent trying trying to do and be all these things that I thought I had to because they were obligations, I never experienced the kind of freedom I've had the last six months. Sounds like you're finding uh, truth, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. I love, I mean, there's still so much that I guess you could just it's all limited. lump together as lies that yeah. is still like shadows my life. Mm-hmm. Um, anytime my life is not characterized by peace and harmony and joy and love, then those things are coming out of that dark place. Mm -hmm. Those are lies. Those aren't true. Mm -hmm. And I've had less of that, Mm -hmm. less of the shadow life. That's dope. And amazing. I got to stop saying that. I use that word. I know. I think it comes from my northern. (laughs) Yeah, that's what it is. That's what it is. Because my son was like, sorry to interject, but my son was like, dope is bad. You know, depends on what kind of dope you're talking about. (laughs) No, I mean, but you know, the word dope, right? It's just like it's bad. And see, I do now. This is another thing. I'm super like literal. So yes, I get. I love parables. I'm like uh, poetic and stuff like that. I get it, right? But like words mean what they mean. So I teach my kids that. So when I'm saying something like, "Man, that's dope," they're like, "Wait, but dope is like, isn't that dope crack?" You know what I mean? I mean, they take it there, bro. It's real, and I'm like. Yeah, that's not it's not dope. It's amazing. It's awesome. Hmm. That's all. That's why I just correct myself. Yeah. Truly. This is I mean, all real stuff, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I uh 24/7. I love language. Mm. And I recognize language though as uh an evolving process that humans use. Mm. And so it changes. Yeah. Um it evolves. Yeah. yeah. And I don't want to I also don't I don't want to put the label of bad on something. Mm. So I don't think, I I try not to say like that are words bad words. Mm. I think words do mean something, and depending on what word you're talking about, that meaning has has come about through different um, things. Some words were kind of were used. Sorry, bro. That's all right. <laughs> Silence. It's Silence. Right. Yes. Uh, some words, though, were, did come about as they they were meant to be dark and cause harm. They were meant to hurt. So you don't think that that's bad? No, I think that is bad. Okay. I think so. Those words have that meaning because that's what they were given. That's what they were used for. They were mm. like tools that were formed to do evil. Hmm. I think there are words that are that way. Hmm. Um, but I also believe in redemption and the power of taking back things for, for good. This is dope, right? Yeah. We're going to use our words. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to say this. I just silenced my phone. Can you take it? Sorry. I'm so sorry. Because <laughs> this is good. This is awesome. Mm-hmm. So it's like this. You literally believe in redemption. But you don't like to label words as bad. Okay? But there are bad words. So if something... I'm just asking. Now, this is just me asking mm-hmm. you know, pie in the sky 
So if something is like utilized to be bad and it's for bad, this is the tool for badness, right? Can it ever be redeemed from that? Yeah, I think so. Really? I mean, I think it also in the world we live in, certainly it depends on what you're talking about. It's not a lot of good you can do with like an atom bomb, mm-hmm. you know? Depending on good, again, we get into that's like asking the question, well, what is true? What is good? Oh, man, um, look, I am very passionate about difference and ultimately to, to change, you know, perspectives. Mm-hmm. That's like me. You have one, right? You have a perspective. It's funny because when I first come, you know, I always get this question, obviously. You know, why did you move to Arkansas? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like, I remember this guy asking me this question when I was at like a bar stool, just sitting down, chilling. Not to change the subject too much. But it was like, uh, he said something to me and I said, well, uh, what is it that you're trying to, oh, I said to make change. That's what I said. And then he said, uh, what, what, what is it that you, you're trying to change? And I just said perspective. Because, and he's like, well, yeah, you sure changed mine. That goes a long way. Perspective is powerful. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like, um, if, if it's not changed, we can. a lot of people can head in the wrong direction. And that's when they'll be subject to a lot of lies. Unaware. You know what I mean? So, you're a good soul. And I'm just saying that based off of our interaction, bro. You have a good... And what I mean by that is, like, whether you've been redeemed, whether you've just been good, whatever it is, there's, like, goodness. There's, like, let me say this, godliness. I like to use that word. There's godliness there uh, in your characteristics. Because good is just, like, what's approved. Godliness is, like, something different. You know what I'm saying? And I vibe with people like that. I use that word a lot because it's like energy. You know what I'm saying? So I vibe with people. And, you know, whether you want to call it spirituality, vibrations, what have you, I never take the meaning out of words. Because word, in my understanding, um, it's literally what made this earth. Words are what make, make things exist. Like you say, you like language. Mm-hmm. So if you start taking the, the meaning from the word, then every word essentially loses its power. So if there's something that, like, I believe there are bad words. You know, I do believe they're bad. Like you said, words that are meant, you know, for bad. Mm-hmm. Why that is, I mean, I'm not the creator, right? <laughs> but ultimately, understand that there is a creator, and there's also create people that create these bad things. Mm-hmm. So I just leave it like that. It's not for me to know why I ain't on that side of the fence. It's just like I know that's what it is. But I've been on that side of the fence. And, and bro, it's definitely evil. And it's definitely great in God. And it's all what you think it is. But I think what people don't understand is how deep that stuff goes on every level. You know? And um, my brain, bro, that's why I don't think. I'm telling you, it comes from a place of just understanding. You know what I'm saying? Understanding how phenomenal things can get. Understanding how terrible things can get. And I'm not talking about not paying my bills. Lights cut off terrible. I'm talking about the unthinkable. This doesn't even, what? Am, where am I? Terrible. You know what I mean? Um, all the way to serenity, like we were talking about earlier, to where it's just like a place of just, I want to experience this all the time. What is this? You know what I'm saying? It's that wide range. But, you know, perspectives keep 
people locked into not understanding either. You know what I mean? And that's how, you know, false judgments happen and different things like that. So you have to have a rules. That's what I like to say. Everything has rules. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You have to have some sort of boundary to operate within. Otherwise, otherwise you're floating in nothingness and we're not really there yet. <laughs> it's, it's not, I don't think it tends to be very helpful, <laughs> I guess, to those around me. <laughs> um, when, because, because, for things to have meaning is for things to have structure. Mm. For words to have meaning means yes. they have structure. Correct. It means they already they have a purpose that they're, fu- they're fulfilling. Yes. Um, I guess when it just comes to language and, and the use of words, I... Hmm. I'm, which... I'm losing the thought. <laughs> Good. Yeah. No, I'll just... <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, but <clears throat> that's dope, man. At the end of the day... You know, every like you, you're hitting on a lot of bullet points, and that's just what it, it's hard to not. It's hard to not be purposeful mm-hmm. when you, you know, when I'm talking and when we're. And, you know, I have to have a purpose. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Nothing is anything that's purposeless is not in a place that I want to be. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and some a lot of people struggle with finding their purpose, and that's why it's important to me. With sharing truth and, and sharing love because that's how you get to it. But people try to find purpose in their own way. And it's like, good luck. That's that nothingness that you're talking about. Um, you're not going to get there that way. And then since you don't have that purpose or that per- passion, you find yourself in an assembly line somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Doing that and not able to go to work happy because you're not fulfilling your purpose. So you're gonna have that bad customer service like Starbucks. No, I'll just, mm-hmm. I'll just. Some know. of you guys out there, I know it. I know you. I know you don't like your job. <laughs> I mean, you know, you got, but but that is that. Let's talk about that. Can we? What about what? Liking job, liking career. Oh yeah. Um, shoot, that's a. I mean, I'm of the opinion that it doesn't really matter what you're doing. It matters where you're coming from to do that thing Mm. i think you can you can enjoy life Mm. and live with purpose whether you are shoveling garbage or depositing cash for people or pouring lattes or busting up concrete or hanging i-beams whatever it is You can, depending on how you approach that, that thing can be, in your mind, the worst thing in the world or it can be the greatest thing, the greatest blessing. So you can enjoy life, basically. Yeah. Yes, you can. That, I mean, but is that the goal? Is just enjoying life the goal? No. Is that the goal, to enjoy life despite doing something that you don't want to do? No, I think... For me, more um, acceptance is the mm. goal. So it's if this is me just not wanting to do something, hmm. I have to examine why don't I want to do this? Is it just because I'm being selfish and I just don't feel like it right now? Hmm. Or is it because I think there's something wrong with what I'm doing or hmm. I know that I'm neglecting something else that is more important as if I even have enough perspective to be able to say in the grand scheme of things which thing I did was more important than the other. Hmm. Um, so I think the perspective you bring 
to whatever you're doing is um, vital to whether or not you enjoy it and whether or not you bring life through that thing that you do. Hmm. So there are bankers in the world and there are baristas in the world and there are entrepreneurs and businessmen and engineers and all these people. Many of them, probably most of them, I don't understand what they do or relate to it. Hmm. Um, there are people who are really into sports and they love it and they just are alive with their love for the thing that they do and they're inspiring to those around them. And I don't I don't relate to those things. Um but I'm just one person. Right. And I recognize that everyone has uh a different heart and different passion. Hmm. And I don't I don't want to encourage us all to become these homogenous homogenous. What does that mean? Um I think it's basically like when you take a bunch of stuff and you squish it together so it becomes the same. Okay, got you. I got you. So, uniformity. No, I get it. But does it have to be uniformity to actually enjoy what, you know, I'm thinking about the word like prosperity. What mm -hmm. does that mean to you? To me, right. it means I'm prospering, which means I have the things that bring the most life to me. But the things that bring life to me don't necessarily bring life to the person next to me. For sure. And that's what I'm asking. Like, when, when we talk about people not liking their jobs, right, that's clearly not prosperity. Mm -hmm. Prosperity is being a hold in all areas of life. Just because you don't like, let's say, being a janitor, there's somebody that might love. Mm -hmm. Like my father. My father was a janitor. He loves environmental services. To the point to where he moved all the way up the ranks and become the direct director of environmental services. So there's a purpose that we all have to serve. And if we don't enjoy, you know, what we do, if we don't enjoy, you know, how are we fulfilling our actual purpose mm -hmm. is all I'm saying. Yeah. So I want to encourage people to like be true to what, you know, God has given them to do. Mm -hmm. Don't go work i think the the world does a great job of keeping people homogenous mm -hmm. that's what i that's what i want to say you know what i mean and that's how you get people that don't like doing what they do um because it's a it's a a status or stature that they're aiming for more so than purpose mm -hmm. when really if you're after the purpose everything else follows that so yes there's struggle but there's struggle in you doing something that you don't want to do there's even more struggle in that because now you're subject to it. You know what I'm saying? Versus being passionate about something you want to do and and take on the struggle for that thing. That's, oh, sorry. That's what's actually going to take you through it to where you're actually fulfilling your purpose. And that's going to bring all those prosperous elements out of it. I think you're natural at this, for example. This is purposeful. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everything has a purpose. Mm -hmm. So if, if people aren't following their purpose, what are they following? They're following rules and regulations that shouldn't even apply to them. Because, you know, as a company owner, entrepreneur, like we talked about, it's like, I don't want to hire someone that does that is not like a tech enthusiast. I don't I don't care how good they are at sales or if you don't like technology, I don't want to hire you. It goes back to what you said about Seven Brew, hiring a certain people. These are people that genuinely want to be there. 
You get what I'm saying? Yeah. And that and that comes through the culture and seven brew owner ain't worried about if the business is going to succeed because clearly you went there just because of the people. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's all relative, man. And I'm just like, yo, life is is really awesome. And I I want people to experience that awesomeness 24-7. I don't think you have to not be awesome. Any part of your life, any part. And I'm coming from a place of unawesomeness, you know what I'm saying, if that's a word, um, to understand like, wow, so I've come from a place of unawesomeness and now I'm living awesome. And it's not because everything is going right, you know what I mean? It's literally because I'm fulfilling my purpose and that is going to drive everything else. It's just going to bring all the things that you want to fruition, you know what I mean? Not just what I want, but the whole element of love, like it's going to, it's sacrifices. It, it doesn't even giving and love and care and kindness. Everything, like you said, that comes from joy just brings off all of those other characteristics. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. So we we talked about that because I just want to emphasize that, man. There's a lot of people that are living lives. There's a lot of hurt people. There's a lot of, there's a lot of falsehood out here, man. Um, and... Yeah, I don't like it. I want to change that. That's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? About what specifically? What I just said. You said a lot. I did. I normally <laughs> do. Yeah. It's a podcast. Yeah. No, no there's a lot of things to examine there. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're thinking about it. <laughs> I am. Right. It's difficult for me when there's a lot mm-hmm. to talk about the whole because... Mm-hmm. There's so mu- there's so much to talk about in each of the pieces. Mm. I mean, um, yeah, the details. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, you know what they say. What's in the Probably. details? Probably. <laughs> like he's not sure. Like he's, yeah, <laughs> I think so. No, hey man, yeah. that's just how it is, bro. I move my brain out the way a lot. Uh huh. I truly do. Let it flow. You gotta let it flow. That's what makes stuff like this for real. Uh-huh. If you really want to dig into somebody, talk about truth. If you really want to understand what's uncommon, because what is I like the podcast name, by the way, Uncommon People. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, so what's uncommon about this person? I would want to know. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? What inspired that name? I'm like asking you questions now, but what, what inspired that name? Just interacting with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, interacting with a lot of people and coming from a place where I never felt um, worthy or significant. And and Who's lied and, to you? and recognizing recognizing that, um, even if you don't think really significant big things have happened in your life, even if they haven't, doesn't make you any less special. Okay, I think people, because of being human beings, are intrinsically valuable, and. I want to be able to remind people of that uh-huh. and and just talk to people. Don't I mean, whether I'm talking and I I don't whether I talk to somebody about 10 minutes and all we talk about is coffee, hmm. which doesn't get it necessarily we don't get into the whole philosophical side of things. Why not? Or no no no, no I'm saying I'm oh. saying if that is all the conversation is, I, I still want that conversation to lift them up and them to come away saying, man, so you want to that was so value. enjoyable. Yeah, you want to provide value. Yeah, okay. I want I want to bring joy to people and I want to remind people of their significance. So we have and, a similar purpose. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. So, okay, cool. Go ahead and lead the way. Okay. <laughs> that's it. We got right into it. I, I'm that's just yeah. like no, that's great. You know, I want to cover more. Yeah. So I do want to ask, like, let's we'll back up. Okay, let's like, back up. where did you come from, and why are you here? That's hilarious. Physically and like literally. Look, he's like he's like physically and literally, yeah. and not spiritually. Look, yeah. Not well, like, let's start like you. So you're not from here. You're from the north. Well, I'm actually geographically, I'm from Baltimore, Maryland. I was born in Sinai Hospital. Okay. Yeah, Eastside Baltimore. Were you there for very long? Um, very long. Where did you grow up? Where did where did you spend your childhood years? My childhood years, Baltimore, Maryland, Chicago, Illinois. Uh, we did move to. I'm a diverse being, bro. Like moving all different places, but Chicago, Illinois. Um, I would say the the bulk of my mm-hmm. childhood was there. Yeah, childhood. Um, and then I had a stint in Detroit, uh, right outside of Detroit, Oak Park, Michigan. Then suburbia, Illinois, obviously. Um, you know, when you move up like the Jeffersons, you get out the hood and go to the suburbs. <laughs> At least that's my story. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had that experience, and then the rest is like I can. I've moved. You know, I'm I'm a door of the explorer, bro. Like I, I'm a I'm a go. Egypt, Jerusalem, Australia. Like I want to go all. I'm just let's let's go. Mexico. You, you want to go? All yeah, or want you to. Have no, gone. I haven't. Okay. Want to. Okay. But I, I I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't want to take it too, you know, I understand a lot and a lot. I'm going to just say it like that. Yeah. As far as, yeah, I, it's it's hard to, it's hard for me to really talk, I'm going to be honest, without mm-hmm. like explaining the spiritual elements of things. Because I so live in that now. Like I so understand that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I understand what runs through me. So I know my physical existence doesn't limit me to certain knowledge. Does that make sense? Okay, cool. I think so. Yeah. But that's where I'm from. Okay. Yes. Yeah. How, how did I move here? Yeah. How long were you in the Chicago area? Chicago. So from 
which was what age at this time? Uh, what? I mean, when we moved from Chicago? Yeah. 12. 12? Yeah, okay. I was 12. So from 12 pretty much to 17 is when I spent most of my time in suburbia. But from mm -hmm. like 3 to 12, I was in like the inner city. You're getting detailed, right? And then it's like Baltimore, Maryland, obviously, till I was three years old. Okay. Yeah. So the there's a big change from living in inner city Chicago to suburbia. Man. How do you feel about that as a kid? I don't have feelings. I'm serious. How, like, when it how, comes to that. Did you at the time? No. No? You didn't feel anything about it? I mean, yeah, there's differences, but I didn't have like feelings toward it. You know what I'm saying? Okay. It's like, wow. I mean, uh, I'm experiencing something different, obviously. You know, growing up in the inner city of Chicago, and this was a thing culturally, you know, me being African-American on the south side of Chicago and then being light-skinned, you know what I mean? I had my fair share of experiences, you know what I mean? So then moving to to the suburbs, it's like, man, people are nice. Mm -hmm. You know, there's it was just a different experience, but I didn't have like a feeling like this is how I felt. I really didn't, I'm just being honest, because mm -hmm. Chicago... If you grow up in a certain area, it makes you numb to a lot of things. Just being very transparent. So do you feel like that numbness or lack of feeling was a result of how you grew up or where you grew up? Because you did just use it kind of as a contrast. Like you grew up in Chicago, it just numbs you. Do you feel like that was something that affected your ability to feel a certain way about things? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Effect? Yes. You know, whether that's positive or negative is based on the perspective, but it definitely affected the way I feel things. Because, you know, you you know, and I know you have different types of people, you know, come up here and speak. But, man, dude, when you see or experience the things that I've experienced, you know, it will numb you. You know what I'm saying? Um, whether that's the way you were raised, whether that's your environment, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's deep, bro. Like, you know, if I'm you're nine years old, somebody in suburbia is not going to experience drive-bys. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> You get mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So experiences are obviously always going to affect one's feelings. You yeah. know what I mean? Me and my wife was just talking about this. I She knows, like, yo, this dude has it. Just because you experience these things don't mean that they're, you know, don't mean that that's what's going on. You know what I'm saying? Like, the reality of certain things aren't, they're, sometimes they're relative to your experiences, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. So, yes, it definitely affected, you know what I'm saying, my feelings, for sure. Growing up in the inner city, Chicago, and growing up in suburbs, yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Did you notice that that maybe that was different for you? So there were other kids around you who probably did have a lot more feelings about their yes. surroundings. It was definitely noticeable when I moved to the suburbs. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I mean, when yes. Yes, that's. I, you want me to give you? What well, did that make it more difficult to, I guess, relate to the people around you? No, but that's when it came down to my personality, and that's when I say no, right? So I can understand, like, and I learned this early on, like when I grew up in the in the city of Chicago, and then I moved to suburbs. I realized that things were done differently. People are different. You know, everything's just different. Um, but it made me become more understanding of difference. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Which most people don't understand difference. And I'm just saying that from a general perspective. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, so yes, it definitely affected, you know, the way I view things, the way, yeah, but it, it didn't, yes, it affected me. Yeah. 
but yeah, it affected me for sure. I'm telling you, bro, it affected me. Yeah. Okay. How did it? How did it? Like, um, was there a certain point as a child that you realized, like, hmm, the the environment I'm around, the things that I'm experiencing, are just kind of shutting me down. I'm just feeling numb now. Was there a point as a child when the world was just brought wonder and you felt a lot of things and that was that was a would have been labeled as a positive experience and then things happened that stopped that? Uh, I don't look. I mean, yeah, I know I use the word numb, but I, I don't think that it avoided me of joy or, or anything like that. I just became, you know, feeling. I mean, I. I, I Bro, I have this thing about that word. I, I told you I'm a stickler for words, man. Feeling is like, it came a point to where I understood I was different. You know what I'm saying? In that particular environment. You know what I'm saying? But all of these different environments have added to my difference. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I've been in different environments. So when I went to the suburbs, it's like taking a lion and putting him in Alaska. Well, it's different. It's like the climate. Survival might not be you know, something that, unless it's done at a youth to where that's just the element that mm-hmm. it's raised in. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I guess that's that's the way I can kind of explain it. But I didn't understand, like, uh, there's levels of joy. So I didn't understand, like, what was not joyful, what was joyful. Because in the inner city, you know, we throw rocks at each other and shoot BB guns at each other. And we think that's entertainment until you move to the suburbs. And it's like, no, that's dangerous. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I'm just being honest. Your upbringing really does affect how you view different things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if if I can put it like that. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. And so then you were in suburbia until you said you 17? 16, 17. 16, 17? Where did you move to from that? Do you go right to Detroit area? No, Detroit was a stint. Like, so my father, I told you, he... He moved up, right? So we the reason why we were in the inner city, my father was a janitor working three jobs. You know, I got that story. Mm-hmm. But he worked hard. And then he became a manager. We moved up, moved to a better environment, and all this stuff. Then he got a job offer in Detroit. So it was just like, you know, he wanted to see how Detroit life was. But we went to suburbia Detroit, outside of Detroit. So that happened when I was 11, 12, before I moved to suburbia, Illinois. Okay. Right. But I wound up going back because I did visit Michigan. University of Michigan, Ann Arbor, one later on in life and stuff like that. But yeah. Um, but after 16, 17, I, uh, my story gets deep, 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 deep. You know what I mean? Because of my choices, obviously. Um, I, what did I move? What was I when I was 17? I think I was staying in, I, I think I was staying in the Heights, Chicago Heights. Yeah. I wound up going to Chicago Heights at 16, 17, which is still suburbia Chicago, but it's like what they would consider a bad, you know, a bad neighborhood in mm. in that space. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, but they were gentrifying because I wound up having a nice place. And I had to grow up fast, bro. Like, I got kicked out of school. I didn't finish high school. I wound up having to go back to high school, graduate from an alternative program. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it wasn't because I was, like, a bad guy because all my teachers would say, man, you're so, like, nice and polite and, and happy. And, you know, I was very vibrant. But I do realize, looking back on it, I just didn't do my work, bro. Like, I would ace tests. I had a 31 on my ACT. You know what I mean? Like, it was crazy. But I just, homework was like, nah, I didn't do it. I just didn't do it. I would participate in class. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I could be an interruption in class. That was a disruption sometimes. 
Yeah. Can't imagine. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what I'm here to do. Disrupt. I'm a yeah. disruptor. Isn't that what's praised in the social status now, right? Being a disruptor. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you disrupt things the way they want them to be disrupted. Well, not always the way they want. Not always the way, the way somebody they... wants. I'll keep that where it is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because, it's, you, man, look, bro, I love, who, who doesn't like new things? Some people don't. Some people yeah. don't. And, I, and that's relative, right? Mm-hmm. But in the, in, I said things. So I don't know anyone. I don't know anyone. I don't know anyone that doesn't like something new. Regardless of the subject, like something. You know what I mean? And depending on your relative, you know, the taste or whatever it is that you're experiencing or what you like, what you dislike. Because some people could love a new, would love a new TV, but they hate these new cell phones. You get what I'm saying? I'm mm-hmm. just looking at it from an old perspective. Yeah. So, yeah. I definitely was a disruption in school, though. Okay. So, 17, though. You 17. went where? I was in Chicago Heights. Chicago Heights. Right. Chicago Heights, but I was on my own uh-huh. at 17. Um, my pops had this thing, you know, and he raised me well. My parents, they did a phenomenal job. I just was a disruption. You know what I'm saying? I didn't like following rules. Mm-hmm. Um, all rules. I understand certain rules, certain rules I didn't want to follow. And because I didn't follow those rules, I was penalized for having to be on my own. Mm-hmm. You know? And I don't look at that as a penalty because what doesn't break you makes you stronger, you know, as they say. And it forced me to just grow up and mature very fast. I had to. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So... At 17, I'm on my own. My father kicked me out the house because, I, you know, I wasn't, uh, it was a college incident that took place and I had to come back home and I didn't, he was, at this point, I just think my father didn't want any, I was the last child too. He's like, yo, okay. the, you know what I'm saying? And uh, I wind up um, getting a job at Aronson's Furniture. Aronson's Furniture. You know about Aronson's Furniture? No, oh, okay. I don't think so. I wound up getting a job at Aronson's Furniture, selling furniture at 17. And I wasn't even legally able to sell furniture, but they hired me anyway. A month before my birthday, he asked me. I went in there to be a porter because I was homeless. And um, he was like, you ever thought about sales? I was like, no. He's like, well, yeah, I want you to sell. And that changed my life forever. I got an opportunity from somebody that changed my life forever, bro. For real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's when my life began at 17. Okay. As far as feelings are concerned. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I was gonna ask something. Sorry, right. I don't know what it was. I know I go. That's good. That's what's in my brain. That's what's in my heart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to hear from everybody. Yeah, yeah. Um, shoot, what was I gonna say though? So that changed your life, right there. Yes. Did, did you like selling furniture? I like said That's when I knew I like interacting with people. Yeah, I did, actually. I didn't care what I was selling at that point. Once I, it didn't matter. I like sales, for sure. I don't like the word sales. I don't like what the, you know, how people think of sales. But everything's bought and sold. Everything is. Um, yeah, so I, I love it. Did, did Was this the first realization of that? What? That you liked sales when you started working yeah. over there? Okay. Yes. I never thought, I went in there to, like, clean floors. You know what I'm saying? I okay. went in there to try to get a job. And somebody just offered me an opportunity to sell. And at 17, I obviously turned 18 30 days later. I made like 60 grand. I was making good money. Um, 
I got on my feet. I did well. I interact well. And my life took off from there. Like, it was like a change in my economic <laughs> placement of life. Mm-hmm, absolutely. You know yeah. And you said you were the youngest. I was the youngest. Do you have a lot of siblings? No. How many siblings do you have? So, that live with me, my brother and my sister. But my father, he did have two brothers. I mean, I did have two brothers that were outside of my home that I didn't okay. really know that well. Okay. Yeah. So your brother and sister yes. that you did grow up with, mm-hmm. you close to them? My brother, not so much these days. I don't know why. But my sister, yes. But we grew up very close. Mm-hmm. Yep. You're still close. Your sister and Super. You. Love That's her. good. That's like my mom. That's Second good. Second mom. Yeah. Uh-huh. She's older. Yeah. Um, is she in this area? No. No? She won't leave Chicago. No? <laughs> she likes it up there? Yes. Okay. She's a city girl. Okay. Loves the transit, loves mm-hmm. the crowds, loves all that. That That's a difference. It is. Yeah. Big difference. Yep. Yeah. I think it's funny. Because I, I grew up outside Chicago. I, people, I say I'm from Chicago and people assume the you. city. Yeah, yeah, people assume the city. And so they ask, you know, how different it is. And really, I grew up in farm town. Mm. Um, and I, I really, I wouldn't want to live in the middle of a big city like Chicago. Mm-hmm. There are certain cities that I don't think, I, that I think I would enjoy living in. Um, but Chicago isn't one of them. Mm. As far as my exposure to it has been, mm-hmm. maybe given di- different circumstances, I would really enjoy Chicago a lot. But as is right now, it's not my favorite place. Yeah, if I if I mean I can understand why, man. Um, but that's awesome. I because I've experienced farm like Crete is like that. Mm. You know what Crete is, right? No. Oh, okay, it's South Manuka basically. Oh, okay. You know what okay. And it's like it's very because I know what Manuka is. Okay. It's like it's like that. You know what I mean? Small. You know, cool but moderate. You know Flat. I mean? Yeah. Filled filled with corn. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. It's uh-huh. like the beginning of that on the south side. That's what Crete is. Okay. Yeah. And that's kind of what University Park is, Beecher, and then you're going all off into that. But, you know, it is different, man. Like you said, it's different. Like Chicago, depending on where you are in Chicago, because um, it's very segregated. That's the only thing I don't like about Chicago versus other a lot of other big cities. Super segregated. Mm. Like, it's eerily segregated. It's like, you can have, not just by race, but it is like super racially segregated. Um, and that's the one thing I don't necessarily like about Chicago. How segregated it is. I hate that. That's it. That's all? Yeah. Hey, that's pretty good. Ticks all the boxes except, yeah, I mean, except the one. Yeah, because if you, but it's like when you know you're moving, if you're going to Chicago, you're knowing your experience is going to be like city life. Mm-hmm. So you're going to be around people. The one thing I do really like about Chicago is like the people, you know, uh, again, it's like it's a melting pot. So you're going to feelings. You can't have feelings in Chicago, bro. Like you're going to meet so many different types of people. Somebody's going to be like you who's very serene and calm and chill. And then the guy next to him can be very loud and eccentric. And it's just like a melting pot of all of this energy. So you can't really take it personal in a big city. And if you're living in a big city, you kind of got to expect that. Mm-hmm. So if you like things more personal and to the point, you want to be in a place, you know what I mean, that's like that, like outside. It gives a little more space. Yeah, for... yeah there's no space in Chicago. Look at the parking. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, what no. parking? Right, exactly. Yeah. Now, that was very, that. I mean, as a small example, 
just the lack of places to park a car that was weird to me because yeah. i grew up in suburbs where if you're going to a store or to something to anything there's a huge parking lot where you can just you can go to learn to drive there or you can just park your car and um it's difficult for me to as of an automotive owner i guess it's mm-hmm. difficult if i was in the city and that's where i lived and that's where i spent almost all my time i'd probably just have my bicycle and be like i don't i don't need a car i gotta have somewhere to put it unless i'm rich and i got land somehow in the city and you having land in the city would be like it would be upward yeah <laughs> there's no such thing bro yeah i mean people yeah. own land obviously but it's like upward it's not yeah. like you think out here okay yeah right <laughs> you enough money in the city to have a, a parking a, garage, a parking garage <laughs> and and uh and a driveway <laughs> no, yeah for sure um so even that's weird. It like, is. I mean, I was, but I mean, yeah. when you're in that environment, when that's where you live, it's again, just, you get around by walking or bicycle or public transit. It's a different system. Yes. Here, it'd be very difficult to do that. Yeah. Well, like I got around cycling here. Here. For a while. Yeah. Cycling. Yeah. Okay, in Springdale. In Northwest Arkansas. Just in general. Yeah. So you would cycle from like Springdale to Benville. No, not unless I needed to. Okay, but, but you would. Most that's an option. You could, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Which here that. you can because the trails, there's a good trail system in North Arkansas. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, trails run all the way from Fayetteville up to Bella Vista. Well, you know, I'm still like a rookie a little bit here. Yeah. Like well, a little bit, not really, but yeah. I've been here since 2018. Okay. Yeah, so I haven't been here that long. Um, but yeah, the, tra- the trails are great. I totaled my vehicle like just a few months after moving here, totaled it in January. And I had my bicycle which fortunately was not still mounted to the back of my vehicle when i mm. when i totaled it right uh, so then for the next year i got around on my bicycle that's um so y- you can do that but it's more difficult because things are just further apart in if you're in a, here, oh, here things are yeah. further apart right you don't you're not in in chicago and correct me if i'm wrong no, but for a city that size, you can be in your own little area in this one neighborhood, and it has all the different things you need. Generally, yes. Yeah, like each individual pocket has yes. its own kind of ecosystem, you yes. could say. Yes, 100%. Yeah, in an area like this, that's not as true. Right. Um, you, you, everything is just further apart. Like, no, I I would, like I was talking to a friend who started a coffee shop here, and we were talking about coffee shops and how people would tell her, you know, Oh man, that's pretty bold to be making another coffee shop in Northwest Arkansas. And she's like, "What do you mean? Like, right. there's so much space for it, right? Because if you're anywhere here and you want coffee, you have to get in your car and drive somewhere, anyways. Truly. So each there town, are a lot of coffee shops out here, though. Abnormal amount of coffee shops for an area this size, yeah. I guess. <laughs> but if you go into Portland, okay. there's one on every corner. Gotcha. Almost literally. Okay. So comparing it to like a city. There's really not that much. So the but people. You know that, I'm sorry, but that's mm-hmm. good. That's good, though. I like that because it's like in the sense of like coming up with that type of diversity. So it's not one change is running everything because that's how it is in Chicago. It's like good local coffee shops are few and far between. It's like Starbucks or Dunkin'. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And it's like you don't get that wholesome, like I want to go to Heroes or you don't get that a lot mm. in a place like Chicago. Really? To me. Okay. Yeah. And I'm I'm north, south, east, west. It's like you get corporate 
And if someone uh-huh. is wholesome, they eventually turn the knob to where it's like, well, oh, there's more opportunity to grow. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's very rare to find a local community like coffee house. Uh huh. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. Okay, that's an my, interesting. My yeah, I have not. I I didn't again. I didn't live in the city, so I didn't really get to see what coffee culture was like much right. up there. I've been there recently and gone to a few different shops that I thought were really cool. Um, just in general, half a million people in an area the size of Northwest Arkansas versus like three or four million in an area the size of Chicago. There's there's just more of everything. Right. And it's so like here, yeah, yeah, here I can <laughs> name, I could tell you all the coffee shops right. essentially that are here right. in the area. Um, there's like when I was in Sydney, you walk down like Sydney, Australia. Yeah. Okay. You walk down one road and you might have four or five different shops. Okay. Um, and maybe part of that is just Australians really, they like the coffee. Gotcha. Australians have a different coffee culture. Um, what's the difference between like i'm just curious the average australian takes coffee more seriously than the average american okay here starbucks is what most people starbucks and duncan are what most people go to structure most people are not what's called third wave coffee shops over here in the u.s that's yeah so first wave i i struggle to always remember how this works first wave was kind of you could now go into a grocery store and buy coffee. Coffee wasn't just for rich people. At a certain point, coffee was a luxury that rich people had. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, then first wave happened. You can now go to the grocery store and you can buy coffee. Okay. Anybody can have coffee. Second wave happened when places like Starbucks started making coffee. Now you can go to a shop and you can have coffee, but that's not just coffee. Now you can put chocolate in it, or whipped cream on top of it, all this stuff, dress it up, it. lattes, cappuccinos, mochas, things like that. And then third wave came around, in this country anyway. It's a little different. Like, it's different in Australia. But here, third wave came along, and now you have specialty coffee. You have people who are local coffee shops wanting to make the best products they can and really understand coffee, understand coffee as a plant, as something something that you can brew really well. And that's third wave. That's third wave. That's people like Onyx who take coffee really seriously okay. and aren't just trying to create huge volume like Starbucks is. So, okay. That's third me, wave. Let me ask this question. So it's more third wave in Australia. Yes. Got it. So for them, right. I was being talked to by a guy who, I think he was Dutch, but he spent a lot of time in Australia, okay. most of his life, I think. And he said it's flipped there. He said second wave, the third wave was our second wave. Because that's how Australians treat coffee. It's a big deal. Like, it's you make it well. Got it. Little coffee shops that do good coffee are the thing. Starbucks, which for us was second wave, to them, that's like, they don't they don't want that. Trash. Yeah. Okay. Some people do. Like, there are Starbucks in Australia, but there's not much. Got Starbucks it. flopped and lost a lot of money when they went to Australia. Got it. So there are, there's fast food coffee there. There's, I think there's Dunkin'. There is Starbucks. They have Gloria Jeans over there. Okay. So it's more luxury. It's more like detailed, intense. It is. It's more detailed for sure. It is more so, coffee centric. Okay. Speaking in, in the Australia? coffee. Oh, I'll show you. How long were you in? Two months. Two months. Yeah. Okay. Did you like it? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I liked it. You squinting. Because that that's a big question. <laughs> Those I, pictures are from Australia. Yeah. Dope. And they're very And you couldn't I mean, they you couldn't really tell where that is, but it's not like No. They're not sure. pictures of, you know the Sydney Opera House. Right, right, right. Um, I 
I valued my experiences in Australia, looking back on them, how much I grew while I was there, hmm. which was a combination of where I was, what was happening to me, and what was going on internally. So it wasn't just so you think Australia. I'm, hold on, you think I'm deep, and you just say it like that? You you like you say it very like well, and I'm supposed because, to leave it there. Well, I want to be <laughs> realistic about all the things that go into an experience. Okay. So for me You're to say, detailed. yeah, I'm okay. detailed. I I want to I like it's difficult for me when there's a lot on the table to talk about it mm. because I there's so much to talk about just with each piece. That's what that me and you would have a lot of long conversations. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> deep and long, yeah. but good. Yeah. All right. But yeah, Australia, uh, the country is beautiful. Okay. Uh, so is the U.S. Like I've been around this country and we have a lot of incredible landscape. I'm glad so, to hear somebody say that. Yeah, it's yeah. beautiful. The U.S. is incredible. Okay. It's we without getting into like how we came by the land no, I get it. like this country is it's, it's a geographically pot. it's incredible it's a melting pot yeah it's yeah. culturally there's so much here than just with landscape i mean there's so many national parks but do it's you beautiful. think america i'm gonna ask this question mm -hmm. you know seeing that you were a tourist for a lengthy amount of time at a different country like do you think that we get the more unauthenticated experiences of certain cultures here in the u.s the watered-down version? Probably, of but it depends on where you are. Okay. Because, I mean, I've not experienced a whole lot of it. Okay. Um, like, I'm sure there are places in Chicago where you go, and the culture you're around is, like, Polish culture. Hmm. The people you're around are Polish. Oh, man, but that's what like, I mean about Chicago. That's literally... If you want to experience authentic culture, that's the place you go to because it's And see, that's, that's what I mean, answering yeah. that question. Yeah. I think depending on where you are, right. maybe it's you're like, experiencing Americanized version of another culture, right. but maybe you're also experiencing yeah. a pocket of genuine culture from somewhere else. That yeah. has, so you've that never made been it, to like Polish town or Jewtown? Or, no. But that's why they, they like label it that, like Chinatown, Jewtown, Polish. Because it's literally like you, you feel like you're like yeah there yeah. So that's what I mean. So <laughs> so, I th I'm not really well traveled. Got it. Um, so I'm not gonna claim to understand like well this actually that we have in America is really authentic version of this thing that's over here. Right, right, right. I, no, don't, I was just I don't basing really that know. off of your like your Australian experience, mm -hmm. like because the only thing only I mean I heard Oprah said she went to Australia. I've always wanted to go to Australia. Like Ben Simmons is from Australia, the basketball player, you know. But, like, I don't know much about Australia. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's cool. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, I was kind of comparing different aspects of it. So, you can look at it as you take all the people away and what is the, the land like. It's beautiful. Hmm. I can say the same thing about the U.S. It's a little bit different. A, a large part of Australia is desert. A large, like, central part of the continent is, is very, it's a lot of desert. Got it. Um, so that's a little different. See, I didn't even know that. Yeah. Right. Um, that's awesome. And then mm, it, there's a lot of tropics. Like the Great Barrier Reef is in the northeast of, of Australia. Um, so that, let me the ask whole, a whole, question. I want to mm -hmm. ask a detailed yeah. question. What is the most beautiful thing about Australia that you experienced? That I experienced yeah. was the people I interacted with, but that wasn't an Australian experience. That was just... Were they Australian the people. people? Most of them were not, no. Okay, okay I got <laughs> no. you. So the people who redeemed my time in Australia, because uh -huh. most of it was awful. Really? Most of it was really difficult. 
and um, the first part of it was very depressing, and I was around people who did not bring life. Got I'll it. say that. Okay. Um, so the people who really changed See, my like time there, yeah, onion, you know yeah, I mean? the people who changed <laughs> my time there were uh-huh. the people I met in the last two or three weeks. And were they from America? Most of them were from outside of Australia, but outside it was Australia. it was um, at I I went into one of Hillsong Church's campuses. Okay. And so I started connecting with people there. And Hillsong, as as a school, is like an exchange school. So most of like eighty percent of their students are foreign students. Got it. Foreign to Australia. Got it. Um, so there's Americans, a lot of Canadians are in Australia, a lot of Germans are in Australia, um, a lot of I think there's a good number of Indonesians, a lot of Asian culture in Australia. Um, so no, most of the people, most of the people I got close to in Australia were not Australian. Got it. Um, That's dope. Australians in general, I, I don't like making generalized statements like this because I feel like I don't know it's who's okay. listening either. It's okay. I mean, it's Australians, be a lot of people Australians <laughs> are very passionate about the country. Hmm. They really love the country. Um, they yeah. care a lot about the environment. Generally, I think Australians care more about the their their vi- environment than Americans do. Okay, they're very fiercely protective of the land that they have, hmm. which is also kind of interesting because Australians are also immigrants, just like you could say we are over here. Um, and they don't they don't tend to treat the indigenous people very well. Hmm. Um, the aboriginals in australia are the equivalent of native americans here in the mm-hmm. u.s and mm-hmm. they're really not they don't they have don't have a good lot mm-hmm. say that mm-hmm. um but that said generally people who live in australia people who grew up in australia australians are they care about their environment a lot because they have a beautiful country mm-hmm. um you could also say governmentally or legislatively there's more control over here are the things you can and cannot do. Is it a because communist, communist country? It, it's a, a, some basic form of socialist okay. government. Got it. It's part of the British Commonwealth. Okay. Um, as is Canada, hmm. which I did not know. Mm. Yeah. Canada, I've, I've been to Canada. Yeah? Yeah. I would love to go to Canada. Yeah, I've been to that's, Canada. That's, that's I was the, younger. Yeah. Yeah. Realistically, that's that's the next play, next international travel. Well, you want to do Canada? Realistically, I might end up in a Middle Eastern country later this year. There you go. Because I'm doing, uh, going to try to do a mission trip with my Where church. Where are you going? Well, they're not saying specifically in church. Where would you like to go? Where would I like to go? Yeah. This is about you. I would like to go to Israel someday. That's my man. Yeah. That's the land you got to go to. It'd be really cool. Yeah. Because that's where I want to go. Yeah. Literally. It's like we're kindred. Truly. I was just telling my wife. I said the first place we're going is Israel. Yeah. Hmm? When's that happening? Uh, uh, when did it happen? <laughs> when did I tell you that? Is it, yeah, a few months ago. No, when is it happening? Oh, oh. <laughs> um, we were planning on actually going, what, later this this year. That was like our plan. Yeah. But, you know, depending on things and how, you know, travel is accepted and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But, yeah. Yeah. I don't really put it like... I don't really put it in perspective. I, I've, I've kind of been like this, how I got to Arkansas, just pick up and go and I'm like, all right, it's time to go. Mm-hmm. So I can just be like for my birthday, be like, all right, let's look up some, you know, flights to go 
here or plans to go here. Mm-hmm. I literally was telling her yesterday we should just start planning this trip. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because we have a lot of places that we're going we're going to travel. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, but it's more so mission driven. You know what I mean? Experience driven, not so much like tourism like I'm going to chill in a reserve. Yeah. Type, but you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. No, you want to experience what it yeah. is what it's like to be over there. Yeah. I I have a general understanding, you know what I'm saying, based on certain experiences that I've I've dealt with. Um but yeah, I'm I'm super interested in in going to Israel. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a great place for anyone that wants some truth to go. That's what I would say. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I'm a big fan of Egypt too, believe it or not. Yeah. Super. I've met somebody from Egypt, but I've I've never been. Yeah. I've never been, but I'm a big fan. Yeah. Here's a fun coffee shop story for Shoot. you. Speaking of Egypt. Okay. Okay. So I was... Don't they have good Egyptian coffee or something like that? I don't know. Probably. Okay. <laughs> I have a friend from Iraq to a church, and he tells me, you got to have Iraqi coffee. It's the best coffee. Uh, but anyway, I this was 2019, probably. And I was in Onyx in the Fayetteville one. Shout out Onyx. Yeah. Go check it out. For sure. I really look forward to the lobby being open again at some point. But I, I've seen pictures of Onyx. I've never been in it. Really? Okay. It's a cool shop. Onyx, of of the businesses in this area that do coffee, Onyx takes it the most seriously. Okay. Let's just generalize and say that. But I was in Onyx. I love that one particularly, the one in Fayetteville, because it's very small. And so every time I was in there, I would be by people. And it was a great excuse to sit by somebody I didn't know. Mm. <laughs> and so it's like different people all the time? Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I think... My experience in coffee shops here, nobody has done diversity as well as that Onyx. For whatever yeah. reason, yeah, for whatever reason, every kind of person went to that store. Well, isn't um, it, if I'm not mistaken, I don't know. Isn't it like um, very eccentric looking? Like, don't they have like, am I thinking about the right place? Not that one, not as much as some others. Okay. They're definitely um, unique stores. Okay. Especially the one in Bentonville and the one in Rogers, they're really cool. Okay. Um, but the one in Fayetteville is it's small, it's kind of cozy and intimate, and got it. you go in and the it's like long ways, and the bar is on your left, and you can order there, and you see them making your drinks right there, and then there's some seating, and there's like a table, and there's a booth in the back, but it's pretty small. Got it. And I sat down at a table in there. There's one table that's fixed, and it's got these. I think there's four stools that don't move that are part of the whole structure on each side. And mm. then on the long sides, there's also one stool each, I believe. Mm. Yeah. And so I sat down at that table. And um, I think there were a couple of people at the close end. And then there was one girl at the further end. And I sat down over on her side because there was more space. And I was like, do you mind if I see you? She said, no, no, not at all. And she starts kind of moving stuff. I'm like, oh, you, we've had, there's plenty of space. You're fine. And then I think the people next to us leave. And then more people come. Hmm. And they sit down. And we kind of like shuffle over closer to like make room for them. Another guy comes in. And he's on the phone. And he kind of motions here like, oh, is it okay if he's here? And we're, yeah, totally fine. So he, he sits closer to me. And I'm talking to the girl and every now and then who's sitting across from me like, hey, what are you working on? Because I'm just trying at this point of my life, 
I'm beginning to try to socialize intentionally with people in you, public. You gotta stop with this, bro. Well, I never did before. Really? Which is a different coffee shop story. Okay. But I, I didn't grow up doing that at all. Okay. Um, but so I'm talking to her a little bit, and the guy gets off the phone, and he continues doing his business, whatever. And then I talk to her more and find out, oh, she's studying. I ask her what she's doing. She was working on her grocery list and doing budgeting stuff. Mm. And then she's doing something else, and she said she's studying Arabic. And so the guy next to us says, oh, I know Arabic. I'm from Egypt. Oh, awesome. And so he starts talking to us about Arabic. She's studying for school, and she loves it. And then more people come over and sit down, and we make room. So he moves to the seat right next to me, and she's across from us, and there's people in all the other seats. Mm. We're all very close together, and she's got her notebook, and she's, like, working up the courage, just like, okay, here's this thing I have, this question I have about Arabic. And so he's, like, drawing stuff in her notebook to show her, like, this is how the alphabet works and different stuff like that. Right. Um, I don't remember what his name was. Uh It might have been Ahmed. Ahmed. Ahmed or Favad. It was one of those, I think. Okay. I'm sorry, if you ever hear this, I don't remember your name. <laughs> I know the girl's name is Anna. Who's okay. a, she's a friend of a friend that I found out later. Okay. Um, yeah, and I just remember sitting there and thinking, like, this is so great. I love just... that these random people come in, and I get to have these interactions. Just and enjoy these other human beings next to me. Right. Without any kind of agenda, I'm not trying right. to get anything from yeah. them. I'm just here learning things from them, right. which I, I love language. I love Hebrew is uh, of languages other than English. Hebrew, yeah, you told me about yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, but so Middle Eastern languages in particular, Semitic languages are so cool to me, so yeah. beautiful. And it was, it was just a, a beautiful experience. I remember getting up and be like, hey, I got to go because I had to, I think, go to a group thing. Mm-hmm. And um, that's unique. Yeah. And I left. But that's that was that's my story of meeting somebody from Egypt. No, that's in cool. In Onyx. Yeah. That's cool. And that's, I mean, listening to you talk and appreciating it, I'm like, I have to be, I'm like, but man, that, maybe that's why I'm happy. And that's why you're ha- becoming happy. You know what I mean? Because of that interaction. It's like, that's literally my life. Like, that's my life. Just, like you said, not having a set motive or agenda, just kind of experiencing, not thinking a certain way or anything, just kind of living, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And that's awesome to be able to hear you have an appreciation for socializ- socialization, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So that's cool. Yeah. What's up? Did you have the same appreciation for social interaction as a young child? Or was there a, a, an age where that became a more important part Came for you? out the womb, man. Yeah? Came out the womb like that. So you've always just been able to make friends really easy? I mean, yeah. I mean, friends, that's pretty, that's strong. But I get you from the common terminology of just like meeting people. Yeah. I've been able to just vibe. Like, I've always been able to do that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's God, God given. Ability. That's why I like to talk. That's mm-hmm. why, you know. Because it's like... You learn more. You understand more. You know what I mean? Having conversation with no motive. Mm-hmm. You just start to get it like more and more and more. That's that's love, bro. Mm-hmm. And um, so to answer your question, yes. When I, As a youth, just it was just one of those things. Got me in some fights. You know what I mean? 
Um, but it also, you know, got me far in life. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it's all relative, but I love communication. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, that's why I love coffee shops. Yeah. I enjoy coffee. Yeah. I do enjoy coffee. I like the taste of coffee. I didn't used to. You're cold so. at making coffee, bro. I don't care what nobody say. I'm telling you, <laughs> I've been to Starbucks around this country, bro. And your cup of coffee, and I'm not just saying this, your cup of coffee was one of the best coffees I've ever sipped on at a Starbucks. And I go to Starbucks. I'm a huge fan of Starbucks because of that. Well, we're just mm-hmm. dialoguing about Yeah. And, um, yeah, I was like, man, this dude really put some love in this coffee. I said that to my wife when we were sitting down. And that's then that's when is. we started talking. <laughs> that's when we started talking a little bit, uh-huh. chatting. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Because you, but that stands out. That's like peculiar. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's different. People don't do that. Yeah. It, it's scary, too. Don't be afraid. No, I mean, <laughs> realistically, it is scary. I'm not, scary. I'm not saying that it should be. I'm not saying that we should submit to fear and say, if something's scary, What's I'm scary? not going to do it. Um, pulling your whole self into what you do. Really? It's, it requires being vulnerable. It requires giving more of yourself to the people around you you're making me understand things that i don't i'm being honest because i've had this conversation even with my wife not to keep bringing up my partner but that's my buddy right there she is right she's right there I <laughs> i'm just saying right? all the time but that's my homie yeah. You know? yeah but ultimately it's like certain things i didn't get like fear i really didn't understand it i really don't understand it i know like Danger, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh man, this is like a scary situation, whatever. But to fall subject to it, meaning like I'm not going to pursue because I fear. I didn't understand that. So when you're talking about it, it's because of vulnerabilities. Why people do that? They feel vulnerable in that state. Yeah, and and just fearful in general. I think fear is a very common emotion for humanity in general, as That's the- as, as a survival tactic. At its core, I think, mm, right? If I'm in the plane and I suddenly see a lion, if I'm not afraid, I'm probably going to die. Right. So I guess what I mean, I get it. I understand that. But mm-hmm. what I'm saying is like, okay, that's extreme, right? Mm-hmm. That's like extreme. I'm talking about when you say like fear of interaction with humanity, for example, mm-hmm. people afraid to talk to other people. You know, I didn't understand that. I understand fear. You know what I mean? Because fear is the only way that you can actually become humble and vulnerable. That's the only way you can, to me, that's the only way you can really experience, like, love. That's a whole other subject, but I'm just being real. Mm -hmm. Um, I never understood how it was hard to talk to people. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? I never understood that, really. Um, Because they're people. You you get what I'm saying? Mm Mm-hmm. It's just like, okay, people are very common. That's why I came on the Uncommon Podcast. Because it's like there was something different about you as a person that made me want to interact with you. But I wouldn't know that if I was afraid. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And if you didn't actually pour your heart into that actual coffee and do what you did or whatever, I mean, we wouldn't have this experience. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So it just fear limits you, bro. You know, so I mm-hmm. never understood that. Like, I, limitation, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Because that's what fear brings. Mm-hmm. And I, and, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely very limiting. It's very limiting. It's very dangerous. In the instance of the lion that I gave, it's very helpful. But we're not living in 
that situation anymore. Right. Yeah. Um, we're living in a different kind of jungle. There's a book called, have you read The Jungle by uh, Upton Sinclair? No. Beautiful book. It actually takes place in Chicago. Hmm. It is a fictional book, but it takes place in uh, Chicago in probably early 1900s, and it follows several characters who I believe are like Polish immigrants or something like that who are in the meatpacking industry, and it's highlighting the horror of the situation for some people growing up in a big city like Chicago at a certain time in history. Upton Sinclair was a, I guess you could call him a critique of society and... Aren't we all? (laughs) That's why you're interviewing people, right? (laughs) Yeah, not on the level of some people. He was, yeah, he was... um, an interesting guy Hmm. Uh, but he wrote The Jungle it's called The Jungle it takes place in Chicago Hmm. we live in different wildernesses there's different kinds of jungles Hmm. Um, I think as someone who's growing up with a lot of fear right Hmm. that's been my experience Hmm. I've learned what it's like to be afraid to to specifically not know how to be with people be afraid of other people's perceptions of me. What if their perception of me is more accurate than my own? Um, what if the negative things I think about myself are the true things and they see them? There's all sorts of insecurities that people have. Fear is a very common experience, whether or not mm-hmm. I think it's the experience we should live in. It's, mm-hmm. It is very common, and it definitely is very limiting. And I think it is sad and as someone who lived in that place for so long and specifically in the area of being with people and interacting began to overcome that, I'm very sensitive to those who still have that struggle because mm. so many of us do, especially in, I think, <laughs> I was going to say, especially in the society in which we live, as if I've lived in a lot of other histories and but, societies. But it's, it's relative. It so, is, you know, yes. I, um, I think... It's really interesting to see what specifically the technology we have of smartphones and the internet has done to our ability to socially interact. And it's allowed us to kind of distance ourselves and interact without being vulnerable. And if you grow up being that way, if you grow up where that's your norm, your brain becomes trained to that. So now what's different which is you being face to face with somebody if you've never done that that's scary Mm. that automatically inspires a certain sense of fear in most of us if it's completely out of our ordinary because we don't know how to navigate that it's new and and there's um there's perceived risk involved because it's your person, it's your heart, it's your desires, it's your thoughts that are coming up against critique from other too. people, potentially. That's still understanding it, right? But it's like, when you, as you talk, it makes me really understand, and I have to share this. At the end of the day, that's why people need to know God. Because mm-hmm. it alleviates fear. Mm-hmm. It takes you to the beginning so regardless of your actual experience, which goes to my original thoughts about thinking, 
It just takes you to the beginning. It takes you to the element of your natural, innate purpose and self and being, whatever word you want to put there. Mm -hmm. And as human beings, if we try to help people with fears within our own right, we're just taking them from one limit to the next. You get what I'm saying? So that's why God, and I have to share this because this is who I am, um, has birthed purpose in individuals to literally introduce a limitless understanding. You get what I'm saying? So where there is no fear, so things can be more like your coffee shop experience, but just like on a whole nother level. You know what I mean? And you break barriers. There, You get a lot of dislike when you introduce things like that, which is okay. I mean, I, I tell people all the time, I mean, Jesus was hung on a cross. I mean, he was beat down and we know the story, right? Mm-hmm. And what did he do? His crime was love. His crime was introducing limitlessness. That was his crime. You get what I'm saying? Because there was a certain way things needed to be done. You know what I mean? So I'm kind of cutting that cloth and I, and, and, that's going to really, in more people understanding that, you'll start to see the trueness of, you know, people. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Which is what we really are all after when we actually interact. You want you want to meet, you want to connect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I want to connect with you. You know what I mean? Like, everybody not, might not want to connect with me, but it is what it is. That's all relative. You know, I'm just kind of like, at the end of the day, you know, it's one of those things to where as I'm listening to you talk, I'm just thinking like, man. God really solved this. God solves this. The element, the thought of it. Even if you say, oh, you know, I'm not really, you know, spiritual, whatever. I would always share this with people because I've experienced this in my life. It's really hard for me to provide a solution when I have a when I have the problem. You get what I'm saying? If I, I do you understand that? No. Maybe. Flesh okay. it out somewhere. All right. So. There's a lot of people that have problems, like you said. It's a common problem for people to experience fear. So it would take someone fearless to introduce how to alleviate it because they no longer have that problem. Do you understand what I'm saying? But the problem with that is uh, fear. (laughs) And it is a process. You know what I mean? But that's why more conversations need to happen. More things need to take place. And it's a chiseling effect. You know what I mean? Because I've met people where they're, they're just like walls. Hmm. They don't know who they're dealing with. I'm just going to love them until they soft as I don't know what. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because ultimately, um, you know, as we interact more and more and more and more, you realize that it's like this wall is only blocking me from connecting something that I ultimately want to do anyway. Mm-hmm. And be accepted and to accept. Regardless if there's difference there or not, it doesn't even matter. You get what I'm saying? Because I'm able to look at your difference with no judgment because I have no fears. And people will be able to do the same thing if they understand that you don't have to have fears, although they exist. It shouldn't be common. It shouldn't. Because, man, bro, if fear was common, we wouldn't even have cell phones. And I know that's a pro and a con. I'm just using that as an example. But we wouldn't have the great things that this world creates if fear existed. Everything that is birthed has been because of some act of fearlessness. You get what I'm saying? That 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 it, it, it brings upon creativity. It brings upon innovation. It brings upon 
convenience, things we love, joy. You know what I mean? So I have these really, really, really uh, broad understandings about things because I'm just I'm cut from a very simple cloth based on my experiences. I hate mm-hmm. complexities. It's just like I ask you what a word means. If I don't understand what it means, I'm not going to sit here and act like I know what it means if I don't understand it. You know what I'm saying? A lot of that happens in this society. And it creates walls and division and people, you know, like you said, the social media thing, it distances people from truly connecting with the realness of who they are because there's so many different perceptions based off of falsehoods. You know what I mean? So if you got that much false stuff going on, Man, you're gonna live in a society of falseness. It's just like, oh, that that's terrible. Somebody gotta bring us from that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's that's what I believe my purpose is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you always have these looks like, all right, man, where you going? No, I I I'm trying to leave room to like, oh no, it did it again. Oh, you good? Gosh. Try it again. Yeah, we're good. We're good. It's working again. Sure. There was a slight, a brief interruption for the audience <laughs> listening um, because of more garage band glitches. Um, no, not Mac. Don't let me start there. <laughs> please, no, right. it's not. <laughs> no, we don't need to get into that. No. We can. No, I mean, please. The, They'll hate me. Like, no, Mac. Who? Boo. Who will hate you? All Mac users. Oh, I mean, I don't hate you. I'm a Mac no, user. You, you, I, well, most. General. See, that's that generality you don't like. Yeah, <laughs> not it. with at least not with people. I find it not to be very helpful. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, you would know that just by talking to me. I'm sure. The... Just uh, what I'm saying is uh-huh. like, there's a general perception. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that I'm not my perception. I'm not what people perceive me to be. I know that because I hear it all the time. At least I do hear that a lot. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's all. Now, I wanted to t- speak on the, you're talking about viewlessness mm-hmm. and that there wouldn't be things without that. Um, I think it's an interesting thought because fearlessness is both out of fear, out of overcoming something. So I find it helpful. I'm in a place where now I can more easily interact and reach out and I'm more sensitive to people who have difficulty that because I was there. Mm-hmm. Because I experienced a specific difficulty, I became equipped now to meet that fear, to meet that need mm-hmm. because I experienced it, because I understood it. Mm-hmm. Um, if I didn't understand it, it would be very difficult for me to help people mm-hmm. who are experiencing that issue mm-hmm. or, or depression or suicide mm-hmm. as someone who wanted to take his own life and came very close. Mm-hmm. Now I'm sensitive to people who have let themselves get to that place mm-hmm. because I experienced it. Okay. So I think one of the b- most beautiful things about um, hardship is that we have the opportunity to move past it and learn from it so that now we can help people who are in that same place. Because oh, no there will always be those people who are in that place. Yeah, no doubt. I guess what, okay, so I understand that, mm-hmm. right? 
because you know the Bible even says, and I'm you know obviously I'm, I read the word, but it, you know the you won't you can't know God without fear. That's the first element to knowing God, fear. You get what I'm saying? So this is the word. But I say that to say what you just said. Just because something is like birthed out out of it, it's just no different than uh, you know. If you go with the scientific theory of humans being made of dirt, right? Someone can look at dirt as bad or nothing, right? But if that's where we come from, it's just kind of like that doesn't, I guess what I'm saying is is relative to how you look at, you know, what the beginning stage is. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying that people shouldn't live in it. Right. You it's something to be, yeah. Right. I'm not saying mm -hmm. it doesn't exist or it shouldn't exist. I'm saying that people live in it. And that yeah, is you don't that, want to be chained to it. That's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. And that's what I mean when I'm talking about fearlessness as far as like if people restrict themselves because of that, there wouldn't be you helping, you know, those people mm -hmm. make change and yeah. create innovation and et cetera. Yeah. That's if I had I'm submitted saying. to it and just decided to go. live my life saying, okay, there's the fear. I'm not going to move past right. that. I'm just going to let it be right. part of me. Right. Then I wouldn't have moved past it. Man. Then I wouldn't be helping the people who are still in it. Come on. Then I wouldn't be sensitive to it, even being in an area that other people are in. Correct. Because while I was in that place, mm -hmm. I was blind to the other people around me who were hurting in the same way. Hmm. Only when I moved past Yeah, because past you were thinking it, about... Yeah, I was thinking about me and, and my, yeah. my That's what fear difficulty and my fear and mm -hmm. my problems, whatever yeah. whatever it is. It was... It, kept me it kept me self-focused mm -hmm. and i'm glad i'm not in the same place it's good yeah selflessness mm. i love it sweet yeah so you've alluded quite a bit to god a lot yeah 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 when did was that always part of your life uh even if i didn't realize it of course okay yeah. i mean <laughs> when did you realize it um man so I realized God, um, from my first realization of God, that is, oof, man. Were you taught about God when you were, as a child? Yes. Mm hmm Now, you know it's layered, right? Yes. Okay. Because it's relative to understand, like, God is whatever you're, like, subject to. Whatever you're focused on. People taught me about money. And you would think coming from where I come from, that was God. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's one of those things to where the the God as we know, or at least the God that I understand today, was different than... Yes. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Were you raised, though, with a particular um, religious perspective, I'll say? Um, well, let me give you this perspective. I, I grew up in... A, I went to an apostolic church. I went to Catholic school. And, yeah, I had, like, Baptist grandparents. So as far as religion is concerned, it was all around me. It was in the fabrics of my life, for sure. But I none of that taught me God. Okay. That's what I'm trying to say. Okay, yeah. I get that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You you are reflecting back on it from your today perspective. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I want to know it, too, though. How, what was your then perspective on that realm? Uh, that realm... If I can go back, um, was very, man, 
I don't have a word for it. Uh, trapped. I don't know. I think if I, knowing what I understand today, lost. Mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, that's, yes, lost. I mean, understanding what I understand today. If you ask me to go back, I don't think I can put myself in the same philosophical state knowing what I know now. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I was definitely lost. And it showed. At the time, did you think that? Um, At the time, I couldn't comprehend what loss was. I don't think a lost person knows they're lost until they actually Mm -hmm. found something. Yeah. So it's just one of those things to where, as a kid, man... I mean, I, yeah, I've experienced happiness. I've experienced joy. I mean, I got birthday presents. I didn't have this depressed childhood, um, but I did have elements of my childhood depressed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because my father experienced things to where it translated to me experiencing things from him experiencing those things. Everything is layered. At the end of the day, that's why I feel like it's important to really understand. And if I can give a message through any platform that I'm on, find God. And that's found through love. That's found through you sacrificing what you're actually thinking to understand something that you don't understand. You get what I'm saying? So going to a youth, yeah, I was raised in church. You know, I went to the Apostolic Church of God on the south side of Chicago. I went to St. Gelasius Catholic School. And again, I went to some Baptist churches every now and again with my grandparent, you know, and stuff like that. So, yeah, it was, it was I don't, I don't see how, yeah, it was in my life. Yes. Mm-hmm. Did you want it to be in your life at the time? I wasn't raised to... I wasn't... It was like one of those things you had to do. Like, I had to go to Catholic school to get a good education in that mm-hmm. neighborhood. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So it was one of those... Yeah. Everybody doesn't have, like... I'm glad that I'm able to give my children the opportunity, you know, to talk about their desire. You mm-hmm. get what I'm saying? Yeah. But I didn't... I didn't... I didn't have that. It was like, no, this is the... This is what it is. But one thing I can say, and this is this contributes to where I'm at today. My father, as he understood, I began to understand. You know what I mean? And it's not that he taught me, because I'm going to be honest. My dad, he taught me basic things about, well, what I would consider to be basic things, because it's not basic for everything, about what his perspective of being a man was and stuff like that. Changing tires, changing oil, mm-hmm. putting on the tie, based on his life. Mm-hmm. But... He didn't really start learning godliness until later on in his life. So, you know, whatever he could pass along as he's learning, I'm going to learn. You know, we're a byproduct of our environment unless we choose to change it. Mm -hmm. So, does that kind of answer your question? Yeah. Yeah. Was there... There's always more questions. Shoot. Yeah. Shoot. Was there... uh, Obviously, at some point, your your perspective on God mm-hmm. and truth and love, these mm-hmm. things, yeah. is different now than it has been. It hasn't always been exactly what it is now, right? No. Okay. When, so was there a particular time when there was a larger shift happening in your perspective on this thing? When I experienced supernatural, something supernatural in my life. True. When was that? Um, I went, How old was I when I was on the expressway? When were we 21? 21 21 I that's when I knew like there's a God there's like let me find out more about this hmm. I need to understand this do you want to talk about what this was this sure experience? You, I, I didn't know if you wanted to go anywhere yeah, else no, so. no. <laughs> alright cool I mean yeah. I try to ask leading questions so okay. you have to keep talking yeah no no good, good. <laughs> I know when I talk you know you, you'll be like I got more questions so I just want to make sure yeah 
Clarity is key. But nonetheless, I um I was driving down an expressway. I'm not gonna give the entire context, but I was two o'clock in the morning driving down an expressway. And I'm chilling. I'm in a two. I'm, I gotta give you the whole story. I'm in a 2005 Monte Carlo, vibing out to some R&B music, just chilling, man. Mm-hmm. Going to my destination, coming from. I think I was coming from the uh, Dennis house at the time. I'm not sure. Uh, 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 a female friend, right, <laughs> coming from her house. And long story short, um, there's nobody on the road. I mean, on this expressway, it's clear, it's black, it's chill, it's vibe. I'm going 70 miles an hour. And then this car just pulls up next to me out of thin air. Like, it literally, I didn't even see it behind me. Whatever. It could have been me not seeing it. You know what I mean? And something hit my window. And I look, and this is when those past sins come up on you, right? (laughs) And I see, and it's a young lady's car that... Um, I used to deal with prior to this incident happening. Maybe years ago. I'm talking about I was 17, 18 dealing with this female. But it was that car. And it was a, a Escort. That's what I remember. It was like a Ford Escort. Ford Escort? Yeah. It pulled up next to me and it, boom, I heard something hit my window. So I look and my windows were like 5% tint. I had limo tint. So I had to crack my window down and I'm seeing and I'm like trying to wipe my eyes because I'm trying to understand what just hit my car. I'm trying to under- comprehend like what's going on. And I promise you, I promise you, I just see it looked like these weren't human beings. Okay? Like the word jackals come to my mind. <laughs> Jumping up and down in the back of the car like, like they were having a party. Right? And I'm like, whoa. But I see her. But all in the car and all the other seats, they were like, not human beings. True story. Or I didn't perceive them to be. Now, I'm not impaired. I didn't smoke weed. You know, no drinking. And when that happened, I reached in my glove compartment to grab something to, throw, to literally throw back at this car, truly. And when I did that, my entire car spent, okay, my entire car spent. Now I'm going backwards on this four-way expressway. And before I know it, and I'm just trying to slow everything down so you can capture this. Before I know it, there was a semi. And I'm thinking like, okay, a semi literally is like facing my car. It's no different. It's close as me and you are right now. Getting ready to hit me. And all I wake up to. Is being in my Monte Carlo with my car face the opposite way that I'm supposed to on the side of this expressway with bushes hanging in my car. And I woke up and I touched my body. And I touched my I touched my face. I'm like, whoa. So instantly, logic, I'm like, where's you know what? I dropped my gear and I spent off of this road and I'm trying to chase this car and there's nothing in sight. Nothing. Nothing in sight. So I'm now I'm like losing it. I'm losing it. Pull over on 119th. This is exactly I gotta tell you the streets. I pull over on 119th off 294. I remember this like obviously clear. And I see the gas station and I pull into this gas station just to kind of gather. I'm trying to see something happened to my car, something got hit, something, right? I get out of my car, I open the door, I shut the door, and my car looked like it just went through like what's a car wash around here? 
Tommy's Express. It looks like it just goes through Tommy's Express. It's spotless. My wheels are shined. I mean, it was dirty prior. So that's why it was significant. My wheels are shined up. My car is spotless clean. And there's like one little leaf hanging out of my tire. And I just plucked the leaf out. I'm bugging at this point because I know what I just experienced. So now the entire time I get back in my car and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to head back to my destination. But I'm just like, I'm in this state of numbness. Like what just hyperventilation? What just, mm -hmm. what did I just experience? Now, I'm not sure if you experienced these type of things that happen like this, but it just took me to a place of understanding that, that I was like, I was supposed to die, bro. Like, like, so I didn't understand that. I still to this day don't understand. Well, I, I believe that was the entrance of supernatural understanding in my life because something had to remove me from this semi truck and move me to the side of the road peacefully to where that little crack that I said I rolled my window down, there's literally just one bush hanging in there touching my face, waking me up. Literally. So that's when I understood it was something just out of this world that I experienced truly. Uh, yeah. That's, that's, that's one of many, mm. but that was the first, that was the entry. Did, um, everything else start changing for you at that point? This was this, uh, the moment when you just started doing everything different. You started thinking no. about everything different. No, no, I didn't appreciate anything that happened after I woke up, you know, and went on with life. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, so that was the first, time that where it's like you know whoa but then when you wake up the next day it's like the grind continues you know i'm i'm you know everything's like you know calling my girls friends and you know going through life normally mm -hmm. but then i started getting more and more and more sign all these things just started to come more and more and more and more and more grab my attention truly mm -hmm. like wake up truly I had a lot of experiences like this it took me a while yeah yes. how long this was at 21 you said that was at 21 so at what point were there enough spiritual experiences for you to wake up? I, you know what? I think we always need reminders, so I'm still mm -hmm. having them. But, <laughs> but ultimately, um, I would say when I started to really bite in and take things seriously was when I met this lovely lady. Not met, but when we decided to start our relationship. I didn't know. I, I just went to her house. I'm never going to forget. It was a rainy day. And I was stressing with life. I had I have a daughter with a you know a separate woman or a baby mama, right? <laughs> and um, I was having problems with my family. I just was distant. I was in a depressed state, so I understand all of these things, right? And she was the only person in my life, ever, outside of my mom. She would always tell me to pray about things, but we don't. I didn't appreciate like you know the value that my mom was trying to present to my life, mm -hmm. and. For her to be a peer my age and to say, well, have you prayed about it? It just opened my eyes like, what? Females don't talk like you at 19. I didn't, I, where I'm from, what I've experienced. It's like, have I prayed about it? It just opened me up to like, pray about it. I, no, I mean, what? I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting dialogue. I was expecting sentiment. I was expecting something else. And it was like a question like, well, are you going to do this about it? And I was just like, no, how you do that? <laughs> Literally. Even though I've prayed before in my life at like church holding hands. And, mm -hmm. But it was like, you know, how, like now? She's like, yeah. And then I was like, okay. Um, 
I'll pray about it. Like, how do you pray though? Like, is it like, you know, and then you remember this? And she looked at, she was like, well, just say what's on your heart. Just let's close our eyes. Let's talk. She introduced me to a, me praying and now my first prayer I remember like it was clear as day I was like cussing and everything I was using profanity bad words truly those are important prayers to have man that was the most that was the most uh, revealing prayer to me because it was like me truly expressing myself you know in the state I was in but I'm gonna be honest when you understand the entity that you're praying to you start to understand how you need to come there's levels you know what I mean? So I don't pray like I used to pray when I was 19. Mm. Because, you know, when you go, I, I can go to the throne never seeing the king, you know what I mean, not knowing anything about it and be a certain way. But then once you understand, it's just like, oh, man, reverence, homage. Mm -hmm. Let yeah. me make sure I'm, I'm on point. Now I have a mission. Now I work for the kingdom. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it's different. Yeah, it is different. Right. And But I think you, you didn't take steps there. What you mean? I mean, I grew up thinking you couldn't coach to God. And, oh, I see what and, you're saying. And that, that didn't do me any favors because right. what it meant was I held things back from God. I see what you're saying. And I think, man, I think most people probably get to a place where they really want to coach to God. Well, you know and man, that. if you do, I advocate for it. If you want to coach, <laughs> look, he can handle it. I'm done with who this is, guy. Who is this being you're talking to that is intimidated by your curse words? Like, well, it's not intimidation. It's, it's just, not that. It's yeah. a, it's an understanding father. There you go. Who's like, man, I get it. You, you lay down whatever you want. Now, At the end of the day, when you're tired and you, you don't have any curses left and you're just sitting there crying, Cat's still going to sit there next to you and be like, okay, you done? Now check this out. I'm going to flip it a little bit. Okay. You, you, you don't have any children, right? No. Okay, cool. So me being a dad. Mm -hmm. Right. I feel you 1000 percent. Like my mm -hmm. son gets mad. I kind of appreciate his trueness in it. Mm -hmm. But there's consequences for everything. And I'm not sitting up here saying you're going to get reprimanded for it. I'm saying, OK, so now that you got your feelings out the way. Right. Let me understand how you can handle this a little better. And that's the conversation that you have to understand and appreciate. And that's the growth mm -hmm. in it all. So, yeah, that first time or that not understanding, it, it makes all the sense in the world. But when you have a certain understanding, you got to build on that understanding. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So my son cussing at me not knowing is one thing. Him knowing what he's doing, oh, man, it's something totally different. It's something totally different. As a dad, it's like, okay, he's just being disrespectful. So I'm going to let him deal with that. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yep, I get what you're saying. <laughs> and that's how people find themselves in, in bad situations. You know what I mean? Uh, you got to come correct, man. And definitely when you know what to do. Take like when you know what to do, regardless of whatever you're thinking, bro, you got to you got to just do what you know to do because what you know to do is what's going to get you where you need to go. You know what I mean? It's not it's not focusing on like uh I don't understand or I do understand cuz you're not at that point no more. You know what I mean? It, it's not genuine. That means it's intentional. You get what I'm saying? Does that make sense? I think so. Okay. I guess what I'm saying is my first prayer was more was more genuine. I didn't have an intent. Like it wasn't like I know God, I'm gonna to talk to him like this. It was like she told me to express myself. I was being introduced. So I started expressing myself the way I knew how. Mm -hmm. And obviously as my understanding got further, then I began to and that's why, you know, when you under man, it just puts you in a more favorable state. 
That's the best way I can say it. You, you gain favor, as you understand, because you start doing things the way things need to be done. It's like, you know, we're made in his image. It's a system. <laughs> yeah. I do. I I agree. I don't. I think you shouldn't stay in a place where every time you talk to God, you're cursing at him. Right. Um, but <laughs> you got to come from someplace. You can come. And if from and if you're still there, mm-hmm. I don't. God is incredibly patient. Super. And if you're there because that's just where you currently are, and you still haven't moved forward, and you're still struggling, and you still don't understand, and you're still filled with anger. Oh, it's no rule to it. Yeah. No. I, yeah. I, I agree with you. It's mm-hmm. no. But it's like this. Do you want to stay there? No. So, okay, no. well, come on, man. Suck it up. Yeah. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. All right. That's all I've I'm just saying. never heard God tell me to suck it up. Oh, man, you got to get to know him. <laughs> I mean, listen, real talk, if I can give any wisdom. Yes, you got to get to know him. I've had to suck a lot of things up. Trust me. You know, I mean, understanding what I understand, hearing people talk the way I've heard people talk, I suck it up for the greater God. Not the greater good. Because I don't I never have done what the world approves of. Never. So God coming in my life was understanding an element that literally is keeping me in society. I'm just being I'm just being real. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So you when you get to know God, He definitely He talked to me like that. I I, I literally I had God to just be like, seriously? This is what we're doing? And it's not like me. It's not my inner conscience. You know how people try to make it all. It's like, this is what we're doing? You know me better than that. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So it is levels. And I want people to experience that level because the more I suck it up, the more you benefit. The more she benefits. The more people benefit. Same thing goes for you. So those times where you're angry or you're mad, who are you affecting? You know what I mean? When, when you stay in that state versus sucking it up. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. I think I probably would just disagree on what it means to like suck it up. Because okay. if God, if, that, if that's how God interacts with you, yeah. that's all well and good. It doesn't right. mean he interacts with everyone that way. It doesn't mean he even wants to interact with everyone that way. I'm, uh, I have a very firm conviction that he meets us all where we where we are. Meeting someone, and, yeah, I get you. And right. he gives us what we each need, and we each need something a little different. Right. That's We're, why all like a father getting to know his individual child is going to parent him better than the other father who sees the child from a distance but doesn't know him as a father. And let me share this with you. That's where there's growth. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, it's not it's just growth mm-hmm. because like I'm going to I'm going to suck it up and say keep seeking. You know what I mean? Because ultimately, yes, we all do need something different. 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's no different than this, man. There's different types of smell in the air, but everybody still needs oxygen. Regardless if it stinks or if it smells like perfume, it's still in the air. So I guess what I'm trying to say is the, the principle remains the same. God never changes. He's always going to meet you where you are. But people seek elevation. People seek purpose. People seek love naturally. And what keeps them in the states that they're in is because they're not humble enough to receive the wisdom that is put in front of them. And that's that would be my perspective because there's things that I haven't humbled myself to, to where I'm in a certain predicament in my life to where I know I have to quote unquote suck it up, right? And it's not me saying that God is going to penalize you if you don't. It's just you're going to stay there until you do. That's that's literally the, that's that's just what it is. I've never seen people 
elevate past 200, and 200 pounds if they can't raise 190. You get what I'm saying? It's like in order for you to get to 200 pounds, you're going to get past you know 190. You can't say, oh, I, I'm stuck at 190, but throw 315 on there. It don't work like that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's all love, man. Yeah, it's I know. Love. It's just I'm trying to be... Again, my sensitivities are born out of my experience. I get it. And so for me, I recognize that the way people learn uh-huh. is different. Yes. And so God knowing each individual meet them really well right. is going to communicate in different ways. For sure. Yeah. So he was going to look different. Right. He would communicate to me, suck it up. He would just say it differently to you. <laughs> or maybe maybe the concept that he's getting across mm-hmm. to one person isn't necessarily the same concept that you mean by suck it up. Ultimately, it's levels. That's why I always say it's levels. Right? I think God always wants us to grow. Right. But our understanding as humans of sucking it up or pulling yourself up by what your bootstraps. What does boot, that mean to you? Pulling yourself up by your bootstraps, that kind of thing. What does suck it up? I'm like, what does suck it up mean to you? Because what I'm saying that I see is like prick something. So what, what does that mean? What do you mean by those words? Sacrifice. Sacrifice? Yes. Okay. Which is sucking it up to me because I was raised opposite of that. I didn't know what love is. Mm-hmm. So me being introduced to it is like, all right, sacrifice. You get what I'm saying? In your terminology, it can mean something totally different. Somebody could punch you in the chest for no reason and say, suck it up. You know, that's different than my reason. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I, that's why I say... Words are important. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Exactly. I, I mean sacrifice. You know what I'm saying? And and that's where I that that would be me sucking it up because it's it's hard for my mindset. It was it was hard. Not so much these days, but it's it was hard for my mindset to understand sacrifice, man, which is love. And when I'm in a position to have to do it, I used to have to suck it up. You know what I mean? Because I never wanted to. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Never. Ever. Why? It was, you know, 50 cent, get rich or die trying. I'm just saying that that was the mindset. And that's why there's all these perspective differences. But if we can find a uniform language, which is why I like language, it'll make understanding easy. And that's what the word is supposed to be. But people even want to change that. What do you mean? What's the last thing you said? People People want to change the word. Like the Bible? The biblical understanding, yes. Okay. Which is one book of many that teaches wisdom. Yeah. For sure. What do you mean people want to change the word? Um, you know, they want to give things meanings outside of what it means. That's they're con- they're they're convoluting, you know, uh meaning of what things mean in the Bible. Um, and it's making more things more and more and more acceptable. It's like uh it's making things that don't it's like it's polluting the space. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. To where you want to get that pure form of understanding. So you're not misled, you know what I mean? And you can grow rather easily. It's something you have to seek. And that's why I said Israel is a good start. You get what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. that's just in a nutshell. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a, a fire for a biblical interpretation? I have a fire for God. And I understand that my experiences in combination with the word mm-hmm. has been nothing but true in my life because I'm actually 
digging into the meat of it, the meaning. I'm not looking at it from a surface perspective. I don't read the Bible to know scriptures. You know what I'm saying? I don't read the Bible to, to be a scholar. You know, I'm not looking for a worldly title. I impact more people without a title. You know what I mean? I read the Bible because it's literally, it literally is like, yo, this is literally happening in my life. And this is literally like uh, a problem and a solution type of methodology. Certain things I can't comprehend um, from the state that I'm at in life, mm -hmm. but it doesn't stop it from being true. And what I'm saying is people try to conform their lives around the word to where it's like, okay, if I don't understand this, then that means it doesn't mean that. It means this. And that's the one thing that is happening to the Bible. Hmm. Based on my conversations with people. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, I think there's, there's definitely efforts made to make um, the Bible fit Except people's preconceptions of it. Yes. Um, I call it the Song of Songs effect. That's my okay. personal name for it. Okay. Because there's this, this convention in, in Christianity where um, you want or you already have certain preconceptions about what the meaning behind a text is. <laughs> and so when you read it, you're reading it looking for affirmation for the thing you already believe. Mm. Uh, I see that in, with, I say the Song of Songs effect because Christians have been very uncomfortable saying that this is ancient Hebrew erotic literature mm -hmm. when it is. That's, that's what it is. Mm -hmm. um, and so we read it thinking, all right, well, I'm an American and I've been raised to believe that it's allegory first. So I'm going to read it and I'm going to find how it's allegory. That's why I call it the Song of Songs effect. Got it. Rather than respecting the text respecting and, and understanding where it's coming from, who was writing it, what's the history behind this thing. Now you see why, well, now, just the point to this, why I was like, you know, Malek's side, I went through a journey of truth. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? But then I had to understand about meeting people where they are. Because everybody can't receive... What, even what you're saying, like you said, Christians have a problem with it. Mm -hmm. And I and I, I am a Christian, right? Uh, I believe in Christ, if that makes me a Christian. I'm definitely that. But I don't like labels like most spiritual people. You know what I'm saying? Um, but at the same token, there's, there's it's a re it's reason. It's reason. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty interesting, man. I would just say this. This is, this is kind of like Maynard's philosophy. I'm not going to give anyone else credit. God put this in my spirit, right? Complexity does not come from God. Hmm. I would, I would disagree with that, but that's fine. I, I understand that. Yeah. And I understand that. Mm -hmm. That's why I don't want to give nobody else the credit. You know what I mean? Like, um, you know that God meets people where they are, right? Mm -hmm. Right? Your statement. Mm -hmm. All right. And this is not a, it's love. Yeah. <laughs> I just want you to know that because I know uh -huh. people, I, you know, I ruffle feathers sometimes and I don't unintentionally. But ultimately, if he's going to meet me where I am, that means he's going to meet me where I can understand it. Mm -hmm. Right? So if I'm talking to a four year old, am I going to show them 12 year old context? No. I'm going to show them four year old context. Right. Simple. So what happens is when there's complexities, it doesn't mean that God isn't complex. Do you understand? But when it's presented to you in a complex form, 
That's not God. And I'm going to explain this. I'm going to explain this one last time. Mm -hmm. Well, not one last time, but in, in unison with this. Yeah, yeah. In order for you to receive something, you have to understand it. And when you understand that, you're able to understand that there are more complexities to God to where you're going to level up your understanding. But it's not, it's not, it's not God making something complex. God doesn't test. Do you understand what I'm saying? That is the adversary's job to make things complex. Well, I would say God doesn't tempt. The scripture says God does test, not tempt. You know what I meant. And me. Yeah, yeah. Words are uh, Yeah, which is why I want to get into this, though, because words are very important. Very so I important. think... I think that's what I mean. I think complexity does come from God because the universe came from God and the universe is incredibly complex. I think <sighs> is it when though? yes. Is it? You think so? How many billion cells are your body made of? So let me ask this question. That's the complexity, right? Uh -huh. And I would ask you why that's important to my life. It can be very humbling. Hold on. Hold on. Well, why is that important to my life? Because humility is important to your life. I understand humility uh -huh. is, yeah. but why is it cuz I'm humble just by looking at the sun? Which you might not appreciate. But that's complex too. Hold on. Hear what I'm saying. Hear okay, what I'm saying. okay, okay. Hear what I'm saying. Yeah. Humility is important, but humility mm -hmm. isn't framed around your perspective. I look at the sun every single day and I'm humbled. People don't get that same, you know what I mean, revelation, I'm going to say, when they see the sun. It's just like, oh, that's just the sun. I look at the sun completely different. It humbles me. You understand what I'm saying? Why? Because it really shows me how small I am. Mm -hmm. Okay? Which is humbling. But it would take somebody like you that might be humbled by the complexities of cells in your body. But you might go outside and just say, that's the sun. But it's simpler for you to understand that complexity. That doesn't mean that... You get what I'm saying? So I'm not saying that God isn't complex. I said it's just levels. And ultimately, he's going to bring it to that individual in the most simplest form. Because you might look at this globe and see the stars, the moon, the solar systems, the Milky Way. I don't see it that way. I don't say, I'm not saying that it doesn't exist. The Bible said that there's a sun, there's a moon, there's stars. That's what I see. That's what I understand. That's what I presume. That's what I perceive. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So what does the sun do? Well, if it wasn't for the sun, according to science, would, would anything be relevant? Anything. Are you, are you want me to answer? I'm asking. Okay. Yeah. I think science is, well, that we wouldn't have life on Earth without what, science. What, okay. I'll say that. Well, uh, what's more relevant than life? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh -huh. So I look at the sun differently. I give it a lot of authority because mm -hmm. it's the sun. And that's the parable that God was making with Jesus. You feel me? Mm -hmm. Parable. So it's like the sun gives life. So does Jesus. But everybody doesn't want to accept it. And I and that's cool. I don't force it. It's just like this. When you are at that humble state, you will receive it because you'll be willing. That's it. Simple. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, I think I think what you're getting at is that you know what I'm getting God at. meets people where they are yes. and helps them to move on to the next stage. Correct. Not the stage ten above. But I think what I'm trying to get across is that he can use that stage 12 and let you glimpse that 
so that you can now move on to stage three if you're at, if you're at two. Because sometimes what you need, depending on who you are, you do, you do need the complexity. And the okay. complexity is actually good for you. I'm open the to whole, The whole book of Job is God saying to Job, the universe and reality that you experience is more complex than you realize. For sure. Because you have his three friends who are trying to say one of three things. Either you did something wrong that Try you don't know of, of or, God is, or God is unjust. Right. Or, I mean, those Job, those were the kind of one of my favorite books of the Bible. That's so awesome. I'm 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 experiencing the Job effect. Yeah. Let me say that. <laughs> but yeah, so they <laughs> they were trying to oversimplify God. Okay. When Job was in a situation where that wasn't helpful. That's good. And so, God comes in and he expounds upon the universe in front of Job, mm-hmm. essentially to put him in his place mm-hmm. and remind him. That we're not going to understand all the mysteries there are. Amen. Yeah. You made me want to he, say that. He shared, <laughs> he shared complexity right. with Job. Right. And when, like me, the experiencing you, the, for I want, me. I want to ask this. What that? I want mm-hmm. to ask this because I get that. Now, you're talking to someone who is, you used to use his brain a lot. So when I first started this with you, I said, I don't think. There's a reason for that. You understand what I'm saying? Because I'm, I use... Everything had to make sense. Intellectual. Everything had to make sense. Everything had to line up. I understand. Fearlessness. All this, right? But now it's like, I don't use my brain. So I do understand that he can show you something essentially divine, right? Which we would believe is complex to humble you. But I'm going to ask this. For, for why? Why what? What's your question? Why would he use something complex to humble you? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know the reason why he does a lot of stuff. Mm. But I'm just what I'm getting at is okay. my experience mm-hmm. has been that the the complexity of reality and the world being shown to me mm. has actually lifted me up and brought me nearer to this God. Mm. So I'm saying maybe for you the best thing is simplification of everything, a reductionist, bringing everything down and 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 distilling it. Maybe for you that is um, the most helpful. And that's really interesting to me because I, I like being reminded that everybody grows and learns in different ways. The Bible ways. also says, oh, ye simple, understand wisdom. See, the start of wisdom is simplicity. At the end of the day, you being shown complexities don't mean that God is complex, which is the start of what we're discussing. God is simple. Doesn't mean he's not, he doesn't have complexities based on your understanding. Because what you find complex, I find very simple. And what I find simple, you might find complex. Like you said, interesting. You get what I'm saying? So that's all, I would say this, that's all irrelevant. It's the devil's job, I have to say this, the adversary to mix and muck all of this information so we don't understand the true core of what God is, love. Which is what initiates these conversations. Which is why we even, why you're even doing what you're doing and adding value to people's lives, which I think is awesome. You get what I'm saying? This is this is the this is how man God is awesome. And it's the devil's job to it's literally the adversary's job. The purpose of this entity is to make things difficult. Because who likes difficulty? I know I do. In certain elements, right? Yeah. I get what you're saying. In certain uh-huh. elements. Yeah. But that isn't the God in me. 
You get what I'm saying? Because if you, the God in you wants you, the God in you literally wants to take that depressed human or not take it, but see this depressed human being that's dealing with their situation and be able to provide a solution. Simple. That's the God in you. It's the nature on us that literally complexes who God really is. So in Job, it was a lot of elements of nature that wasn't making sense. You get what I'm saying? Because there were things that were sub, that was, I like to say supernatural, that were existing and he couldn't, it was no definition. It was no explanation. That's why I said it's interesting that you brought up joy. Joe, because this is the part of my life and my journey where I'm at. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? What things were like, oh, two plus two, I thought always was four, bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And to, to, to experience something different is you, the only person you're going to call on in that particular moment is God. And that's why I said the first element of knowing God is fear. So it's all relative. All of it's relative. But what is the purpose? You get what I'm saying? And that's why I like to, me personally, and this is why I try not to give my opinion on so many things, but this is just frankly what I like to do. Mm -hmm. Like, point matters. If there's no point to it, it's always going to be very, the devil has room when there's no point. That goes into the idle time that we discussed. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. So I just want people to be happy, bro. And I want people to be happy and and content and know God and I want to know God even more and more and more and more because the more we get to know God bro the more your perspective changes the more your understanding is broadened and the more people you'll be able to actually help like you want to do mm -hmm. you know what I mean yeah and um yeah and that comes in all forms shapes and sizes so so it that, definitely does yeah yeah mm -hmm. so but you know um yeah, man. I, I don't have an ego, bro. I like, if I'm flawed or wrong or something, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to just like, be like, all right, cool. Well, show me how I can get better. You know what I'm saying? So show me your, I'm, I'm trying to, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, because it's pointless. Evil is pointless, bro. It literally is pointless. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I'm not like some hippie, like, yeah, peace. But it is that kind of element. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So that's it, man. I'm glad yeah. you're smiling, man. Oh, yeah. It, it takes a lot to make me frown, I guess. <laughs> well, I did for a minute. Yeah. Like, no, I'll just... <laughs> Go ahead. I understand. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No. I, I think the hippies wanted something that we all want, but they had a different way of different going way about of it. Different way of going about it. Yeah. Right. True. True story. That's true. <laughs> yeah. They had a very interesting way of going about it. Man, they used... Uh, they used... Yeah. They, yeah. But people are going to use these different things. And I'm sorry to expound, but people are going to use different things to get to something that they ultimately want because mm -hmm. they don't truly understand that it's naturally innate. It goes back to Genesis. If we're talking about the Bible, mm -hmm. it was like this. It, this is the only thing you can't touch, right? It's like this this tree. I'm just going to give a, a nursery version, okay? Mm -hmm. But the serpent came and said, and people can ask, why the serpent? Whatever, I'm not going that route. I'm just using the story. Mm -hmm. Said, well, surely you'll know the knowledge of good and evil. You'll know everything. And it's like, okay, well, don't they already know everything? I'm asking you. Didn't they know everything? No. They didn't? No. What didn't they know? The, I don't think they, they were. I think in the narrative, they're not described as knowing much of anything. They knew what they needed to, but they didn't know everything. Okay. 
And I'm coming also from a, a, no, a, that's good. a biblical interpretation that's probably very different than yours. No, 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 no. Um, I'm op- uh, what, I, no, I'm not a scholar. I'm a believer. That's it. So it's like, at the end of the day, I'm open to receiving mm-hmm. your, your wisdom on the subject. If you're asking me, what didn't they know? Me coming at it from from a, a literary perspective, they didn't really know much of okay. anything, and that's fine. Okay. The, there's nothing in the narrative that suggests their lack of knowledge was the problem. What does dominion mean? Dominion? Dominion means uh, rule. Rule. Okay. Take up rule. So if they, if they have dominion, what does that mean? means they're they're there to do what God was there to do, to order things. Okay. Hmm. All right. I'm interested in knowing and understanding more about your engagement because it's like, what would you want to know outside of life? What do you mean? Because the only thing that they were introduced to was death. That's it. I don't really... I. They had life, and they had life abundantly. And they were mm-hmm. introduced to death. Yeah, that does. But to say that they had life and life abundant doesn't mean they didn't have things to learn, because part of the life is growth right. and, and change right. and, and learning. Who doesn't want that? Yeah, I don't think the text is implying that they were in a state of completeness. I think the text implies they were just beginning. For sure, they were at a beginning. For and sure. So there were lots. So the For question sure. of what didn't they know? I would say they probably there was probably tons of stuff they didn't know. Right. That doesn't mean it's a negative, hmm. but it does, like, I, you I don't... You see how complex uh, that is? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. It's beautiful. Okay. Man, I took this uh, class on uh, biblical cosmology. Mm-hmm. So, like, let's look at how did the ancient Hebrews actually envisage the world? What did reality look like for somebody 5,000 years ago? And how does that influence how we read the scriptures Mm. because they wrote it i should understand their perspective before i import my own perspective onto them what Mm. they were writing Mm. so that is very complex and it's beautiful and there's Mm. so many scholars doing amazing work to help people for instance who were in my place where it it was it caused a lot of issues that i was running into the fact that i just I had been given all sorts of different interpretations and ways to view the Bible, and I'd pushed them all over and said, these aren't adequate. Hmm. And if I can push it over, it wasn't put there by God. Hmm. So, that, was your, that was your thing? Yes. Okay. Yeah. If you put up some barrier and I can knock it down, then I'm stronger than you in that way. Hmm. So if this is God's word and I can knock it down, hmm. I'm stronger than God. You so, had that philosophy. I still have that philosophy. The thing is, what I'm knocking down isn't God's word. I'm knocking down human's way of looking at it. Hmm. And so as I learn how to read scripture better, Hmm. which is, I'll say, an incredibly complex piece of literary art. Hmm. The the Bible, I don't have one sitting here. It's Hmm. over there. The Bible is, it's taken thousands of years to create. Hmm. Dozens of different authors. Hmm. Um, so essentially every type of literary genre is contained within it. For sure. Each one just composed absolutely masterfully. Mm-hmm. The book of Job, for instance, contains more words in Hebrew that are only used there mm-hmm. in that book mm-hmm. than any other document we have. 
Hmm. It's in one of the most difficult to translate books of the Bible. So you're interested in more of the ph philosophical aspects of the Bible. I'm interested in all of it. Okay. But for me, the way I am, okay, shoot. understanding the Bible from a perspective of this is a physical book that I hold hmm. that all these people are trying to tell me how reality is based on it. If I'm basing my perception of reality off of this book, I want to do my due diligence to actually understand it. So let me share this mm -hmm. as, a, as a, a throw it in there. That's dope. That's super awesome, right? What if I told you, because this is, and I'm not a big what if, I'm not even going to say what if. Mm -hmm. What I've experienced is this. Spirituality supersedes logic. And there are things that, because I've never written, read the Bible truly or intensely until I was maybe 30, 30, <laughs> like, you know, no, probably a little younger, 28. And when I tell you that I, you, I would say things or have understandings and then someone would show me this and be like, yo, you know that script? You know, like word for word, verbatim. Mm -hmm. And it's like, nah, I never, never, never paid, nah. And I would listen to somebody like, for example, Jay-Z, quoting scriptures and then when he get off a recorder and say, man, I've never read the Bible a day in my life, right? There's something that is innate that I want to introduce you to as far as an understanding that supersedes philosophy because human is vessel. Like I'm a vessel. I said this in some of my rhymes. I'm just a mammal. You get what I'm saying? That essentially God is traveling through. So God travels through, spirit travels through, mm -hmm. energy, whatever you want to call it. So the Bible is the physical element of it. But even if the Bible is removed, like people are intensely doing, changing, correcting, you know, diluting, like you spoke about, you know what I mean, as far as the translation differences and understanding those philosophical differences, there's still God. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? Yep. And, and that's kind of where it's like your shared experience, my shared experience, if it removes all the complexities of our experiences, right? And it's just like this. What's the point? Love. Show more of it because this world doesn't have it. Mm -hmm. Then we're progressive. Mm -hmm. And I believe that the Bible, in a simple and articulate way, is expressing that. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's that's why it's such a masterfully written piece because it's, it's nothing but love. Whether it's harsh love, whether it's pure love, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I'm I'm just kind of getting at, yeah. depending on who you are and where you are, yeah. your experience of it's going to be different. And so oh, for, sure. for someone like me, learning the complexity and liter literally yeah. how it's composed yeah. is is wonderful, and it's helped me immensely awesome. to keep faith. Awesome. And in what? In God. Awesome. Yeah. So... After this way, it's like this. We still meeting at the narrow gate, baby. Yeah. At the end of the day, you yeah. get what I'm saying. Yeah. And that's why that's why I be saying. So my philosophy can ring home to homie that coming straight from prison. You know what I mean? And your philosophy may may ring home to someone who likes literary art. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. yeah. So at the end of the day, God is using you. God is using me. God is using the people that want to be used. You get mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yeah. I, I love that, man. And that, that always broadens and brings forth an interesting conversation, but it's still all love.
Yeah. You know. No, I, mean? I believe. I mean, the some two of the most important scriptures for me. For sure. Are uh, when Jesus is, talks to the Pharisees and he says, "You search the scriptures." I know. I don't know which verse. I get you. Right? You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. Mm-hmm. You fail to realize that it's the scriptures that bear witness about me. Whew. And so you f- and you fail to me, you fail to come to me that you may have life. Come on, man. That is spoken to the people who knew the scripture better than anybody else. Did. For sure. Um, and it's like this. that doesn't mean that knowing the scriptures is bad. Right. No. But he. But it's worth noting that those are the people he was speaking to. Come on, man. And then I told he, you. What I and then about. he yeah. spoke to awesome. his disciples yeah. and said, "Many people will come to me in the last days mm-hmm. and say, Lord, Lord." Didn't we prophesy in your name, hmm. cast out demons in your name, do mm-hmm. these wonderful things? Yeah. And he'll look at them and say, I never knew you. Because there's no relationship. Yeah. Yeah. But what that what is that what that says to me is yeah. that could be me. Well, Those people have more power than I did. Well, Those people did things that I haven't done. Mm-hmm. And they thought they were on the right course. Those people that he was talking to. Right. They thought that they knew God. Right. I think that I know God. Hmm. But see, that's the kind I could be wrong. But see, that's the that's that's where this is the only like eh, where we at, right? Because it's <laughs> like this that possibility of uh-huh. right that possibility of that is literally the adversary's job because that's what keeps you afraid. I'm not afraid of it though. Hear, hear me, hear me. Mm, okay, keep up. You're not. Yeah. Right. But ultimately, the spring forth in the beginning or the root of the conversation generally started at fear. You know what I mean? Because that's going to be the first element to even knowing who God is. So I receive what you're saying, but I don't think. I know. You get what I'm saying? And that's why I say you have to remove your mind in order to get to know God. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because like you said, those people thought they knew God based on scripture, acts, this, that. And then there's understanding which is what I've tried to present throughout this entire podcast. Understanding who God is, is relational. And my first time experiencing a relationship with God was in that car cussing him out. And he said to me, all right, you can't come to me like that no more. After I got to understand who he was. And now I'm on my purpose. And you're going to have that moment. Everybody will. And when you do, we're going to have another podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I respect that. For sure. I respect that. For sure. I love you though, man. Yeah. I really do. I really do. Yeah. You're awesome, dude. And the coffee is off the chain. And hey, I'm, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed the coffee. <laughs> if you believe there was caffeine in it, there might have been more stimulants from it. I'm done. Whether it's caffeine or not, I trust God, man. It is what it is. Truly. I was making a joke about placebo. No, I don't know what that is. It's when you believe something and it, your body makes it real. Okay. Huh. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. So you can take study groups of people who are given drinks that they're told is alcoholic Mm -hmm. and their brain essentially mimics intoxication Mm -hmm. so that because they think they're consuming alcohol, they actually become drunk. That's But see, that goes, and I I don't want to spin it, but that goes to the point of me making you, allowing you to understand. First of all, you are what you think you are, generally, or you wouldn't think it. Okay, you have spirit flowing through your body. Mm -hmm. So I know even if you had caffeine or drugs in it, 
if I'm trusting in the most high and I believe that, then I'm always protected. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. That, that's why I said I'm not a Christian, really. I'm not a, well, I'm a Christian because I believe in Christ, but I'm not a philosopher. I said it, and I want you to understand it. Uh, and everyone should understand it. A believer is different. Believer. They believe they are. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's the element. I believe whether you call it placebo or just understanding, <laughs> you know what I mean? At the end of the day, simplicity is key. And, and, and anything that mucks up something from being just a, a straight shot is inaccurate. Accuracy is straight. It's simple. Anything else is inaccurate. And... Man, the devil, he plays a lot of tricks. He has a lot of schemes. He's a schemer, very schematic, very smart, cunning, crafty, shifty. And that's not how God operates. And I know that because I know him. And that's why I'm here to express that. Mm. You know what I mean? And I want yeah. other people to know that. Because when you have these inaccuracies and all that, it creates a lot of limits. Mm. And I'm here for people to explore far more than they understand. And that, that could be a whole nother episode, bro. Because we didn't dive into my understanding. Truly. Yeah. No vain approach uh -huh. at all. It's only what I've been gifted to know because mm -hmm. I wanted to understand it. I got mentors, people that help me, guide me. My wife is big in that role. Vice versa. And you have taught me a lot on this podcast. Like placebo. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> so there's a lot of things that we can open ourselves to if we just understand that it's all love. But if we don't understand that it's all love, then what is, what's the point? I don't know. <laughs> Have, having a good time, I guess. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down. I used to have a lot of good times, man. You don't anymore? I still have a good time. I don't I'm have a good time right now. Yeah, I'm having a good time right now, but I don't have a good time. I don't have a good time the way I used to. Yeah, no. everything changes. Everything. There you go. There you go. But God never does. No. Nope. <laughs> what is the? Up. What are you gonna name this podcast? The, Episode what? Whatever. All it's just a number and the name of the person who's on it. Ah, oh, sweet. Keep it simple, you know. There you go. Nothing <laughs> complex. <laughs> That's awesome. No, there's so, a, a one of the psalms. I'm trying to think of the exact wording. It's like, the years, oh, how does it go? Talking about like the earth and the years and everything and you, huh. you change them like a robe. Hmm. But you never change. I don't. Oh, I'm ruining it. It's so poetic and beautiful, mm. and I can't think of the words, and so I'm ruining it. But yeah, everything changes except one thing. There you go. What is that? Love. God. God. Same difference. Yep. <laughs> Interchangeable. That, that's at least the English word we use. For sure. What's the Hebrew word? There's a few different ones. Shoot. It's agap. No, that's Greek. Oh, I don't remember. I'm with you, though. Ahava is one of them. Ahava. Which is, I believe, like a a verbal love, meaning an action that you, you do. Um, intentional reaching out and, and things. I, I could be Where can you go? It. No, I'm sorry. Where can you go on a planet where you say God no one understands? Anywhere where they don't speak English. Really? Is God yeah. called something different in Australia? No, no, no. Well, they speak English in Australia. Oh. But God is an English word. Okay, so, well, I mean, I know 
a lot of people that aren't. A lot of people still, because English is a, is a, 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 a language so of the world. So what's another word for God? Um, I don't know a lot no, of No, I'm literally asking. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know a lot. You mean an English word for God? Just in general. No, like another language. Oh, I don't know. The only ones I know are Hebrew. Got it. And I was a big advocate for Hebrew. Yeah, Hebrew's great. Yes. Elohim is God. God, gods. It's a really, it's not a name. It's a title. It's always a title. Shalom. What's that? <laughs> Shalom is Hebrew. Shalom. Shalom. Yeah, yeah. Some other way. Yeah, I, yeah. So yeah, Elohim is the the Hebrew word. The first time it, the first time that appears in the Bible is Genesis one. In the beginning, Elohim. Mm-hmm. He's not given a name mm-hmm. until a page later, when it's Yahweh. If you say it that way. So Elohim. the root of it is Elohim. Elohim just means, it's just a category of being. It's just a spiritual being. Lots of them. There's tons of them in the Bible. The Hebrews lived in a culture where there were gods everywhere. For sure. From our, we used like lowercase g god and uppercase g god, and we distinguished those as different. Hmm. And the Hebrew thought there were lots of gods. Like this. They were, all, they were all called Elohim, though. Okay. Their god was also called Elohim. Hmm. He was just another god. Hmm. He was the supreme god. Elohim, um, which is essentially God as we know it. Like it's the word, it's God what we mean when we say uppercase G right. God. So yeah. Elohim, God, supreme being. But when they said Elohim, they didn't mean uppercase G God. What did they mean, supreme? No, they just meant just a spiritual being. So when you see in the Bible where it says like Lord God in yeah. all caps, that's because there's the name Yahweh, which is a specific name. And then his category, which is Elohim. So you believe so like that, okay. like the the story of where um, who Saul, King Saul, goes mm-hmm. to the witch of Endor mm-hmm. and asks her to call up the spirit of Samuel from mm-hmm. the ground because he wants to talk to him. Mm-hmm. And the witch calls him up and she says, "I see an Elohim coming up of the ground." Mm-hmm. Same word as in Genesis one. Mm-hmm. Elohim means spiritual being most mm-hmm. broadly. El also means that. Elohim is usually plural im at the end of hebrews often i'm interested on your take plural. on the on the tower of babel of what a specific just in general because you like language yeah I'm interested on your take. oh like the whole mixing of languages yeah. thing i'm interested on that just curious i don't know what to say about it you know that's a really that's super broad i get it but I'm yeah just, i haven't I'm learned very much about that story that okay. I can articulate well. There's levels. Yeah. There's levels. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like certain things someone can speak to and I can listen and I can comprehend and I can understand mm-hmm. why they speak to it. And then there's the understanding that until there's a certain understanding presented in the way that's palatable for them mm-hmm. or, you know, they won't necessarily understand. Grasp yeah. what's, what's being said. Yeah. yeah. Then it's just confusing. Yeah, no, I get that. Which is why, like, learning more of the complexity <laughs> of how scripture, like, the stories fit together and the language that's used, mm-hmm. um, I I want to do justice to explanations that I give. Yeah. So, it's like that's another conversation. That's the have, journey. You know? I'm with it. Yeah. Yeah. That's the journey, and I, I'm encouraging. I'm like, yeah. yo, keep going. Yeah. You know, because I got a few uh, people that I already know. I want you to talk to. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. But because it's you know it's it that's 
it'll spark certain passions to put you on the on on the uh, how can it'll it'll spark good interesting conversation. Yeah. That people will be engaged with. Yeah. Yes. Oh, you mean people you want me to talk to you on the podcast? Off the record, on the record, sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, I think, hey, I think everything on this podcast is worthy. Yeah. I really do. Is there something off, like off limits? Like this conversation? Just in general. Oh, no. There's nothing off limits. No. So I think, to be honest, and this is my suggestion for the podcast, my opinion, just an opinion. <laughs> there will be a lot of value given and presented by having a limitless podcast with your general conversation because you're that valuable. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. So when 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 someone wants to talk to you, you should say, Come on, man, come on my podcast. Oh yeah. Not a lot of people not a lot of people have actually asked to be on it. Okay. They will. Eventually. Eventually. <laughs> yeah. But no, I mean I don't say no to people who actually want to be on it. Yeah. No. Everybody brings something different. I really like that. To the table for yeah. sure. That's dope. Well, mm-hmm. amazing. <laughs> that no. is I'm trying to think of like a, a Hebrew for it. No, I mean it's relative. It it, it brings um, because what do, you, what do you think about the unknown tongue? Huh? What do you think about the unknown tongue? The unknown tongue? Yeah, like okoshari akoridi I have lots of thoughts on that. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. Because it's very powerful. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Truly. Yeah. Man, it's like beyond comprehension. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, and and the, the the just dive, bro. I think you're gonna love your journey. You had a great 2020. 2021 is gonna be that much more amazing. Keep seeking. Yeah, I definitely in it. that word. Yeah. Yes, because there's gonna be a lot of things that you felt as though you understand that you will come to conclusions with. Oh yeah, yeah. every year, man. Every year I look Me back. Me too. I mean, every year I look back and I'm like, wow, I didn't know anything. Right. Now I know something. But Truly. Next year, I'm going to look back and be like, oh, I didn't know anything. Right. Now I know something else. It's, it's the journey. You know yeah. what I mean? Because I'm, I'm like, when you asked me to go back to my childhood and think about that, it was like, you know, I, I couldn't even express because of the up. It's just like, wait, you want me to go from the 29th floor to, I mean, the from the 107th floor to the third floor? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I recognize it can be difficult at times. For me, yeah, at least for mm-hmm. me, some people can. Yeah, some no, people a lot live of in it. a lot of people, it's difficult too. I, yeah. I'm trying to be sensitive to that fact too I when I bring people on yeah. that. Well, no, no, some you... some conversations are better had in a therapy session. Right, that's that hilarious. First, <laughs> yeah. You sure? Yeah. I think you are therapeutic. I think I can be as well, but oh, I but... do. Th- I do think there are people who are better suited to help people I don't know, process. Man. I'm telling you personally, I forgot who, what, ADD, PSD, LTD, whatever they want to call it, you're pretty therapeutic. Good. I can get a lot I'm off glad. my chest. <laughs> no, good stuff. Yeah. But hopefully it was a good, hopefully yeah. this is a good run. Oh, we want, you want to wind down? It's up to you. No, we can do that. We're, yeah. I mean, we've, we've covered a lot. We've covered There's a lot. always more, so I'm not going to say like, well, we've, we've done it all. Yeah. But no, I mean, we, can, we can wind you down. You want to slice it up? I mean, it's, I could. No, it'll, it'll, no. I'll, we can have you back. Oh, that's what I'm. That's what I mean. That's what I yeah, mean. Yeah, yeah. I, I I didn't know if you had certain questions you like to ask. Or... Just depends. Okay, it's different yeah. every time. I, I mean, I, I, I like, like to... just having conversation with people and letting them express what's on their heart. All right. And their story, and cool. that's why it's different every so time. So I gave like little snippets throughout, but I like yeah. business a lot. 
Mm-hmm. I love business. I love sports. Like you said, the people that just love sports. I love sports. I love business. Mm. I love love. I love socialization. I love culture. I love God, clearly, mm-hmm. at least to my perception, right? <laughs> um, I love family. I think it's massively important. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love my kids. Man, I love life, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Life's Any good. subject you want to ever bring up with me, it's like, <laughs> let's, di- let's dive. If yeah. I to, you know, if, if it's on my heart. Uh huh, for sure. Because okay. believe it or not, some people think I'm quiet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Haven't talked to you much, I guess. <laughs> so do you have a... We wind, I wind down every episode with a recommendation okay. and something funny. Okay. So what's your recommendation for the listeners? Give me anything. Like, if I was giving one right now, which okay. I take... I'd like to leave this to the guest because then it's different every time. Yeah. My recommendation for anybody wondering, though, I had toast today and I put Nutella and peanut butter on it. I'm done. I try not to, I'm, the Nutella is a smaller thing, it's lots of sugar, I try to stay away from that, but putting them both on there, oh, That's hilarious. So good. So that would be my recommendation. It can be anything. Though. It, can it can be, be anything. It can be really deep, it can be super service level, it can be like, I recommend you look out the window if you're near one, because it's beautiful outside. Got it. It can be anything. All What's right. your recommendation? Mm. I recommend that people live in love. That's what I would recommend. That's solid. That's my recommendation. Yeah. That's true. a good one. Live I would, in love. Live in love, man. Really. Yeah. The true uh, meaning of it. Yeah. But that's where it gets deep. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Do you have a joke? <laughs> a joke? Yeah, I am funny. Or, I'm or, actually funny, bro. Or just like, something, I yeah, that, that uh, <laughs> brings laughter. Um, What brings laughter? Man, all right, like a joke. This is good. <laughs> I don't have like programmed jokes. This would be good for Joey. Like my kids are hilarious, so to me at least. Yeah. Ah, oh, joke. You know what, kids man? Kids are funny. Yes, they are. I would say, all right, uh, joke. Let me think. Or you can just tell a funny story. What's you know it's something your kids did that was really funny? Right, general. You know, maybe uh, they're just funnier than you, and you like can just recite something. Because like, I'm sitting here like. Uh, funny and it's Sunday because I laugh like all day and it's like it's crazy but obviously what I find funny other people might not but nonetheless um a funny story uh man I'm kind of shallow on that right now that's weird for me because I was like the comedian in high school believe it or not like I was like the class clown kind of yeah everybody laugh at yeah but I don't have I'm more improv uh-huh you know what I mean than like this is this is this um yeah, I don't, I'm sorry to disappoint, man. I don't really have What's any... the last thing one of your kids did that just made you bust out? Made me bust out. Well, my son Bradley always does something that makes me laugh. <laughs> ah, my son Bradley. Yeah, I'm going to bring up Bradley. <laughs> hey, Bradley. Uh, yes, Bradley's super amazing. So it's Josiah, Noah, Levi, Zeus, Maynard. <laughs> I just had to say all the names. <laughs> Kaylee, Eve. Yeah, you can't say one without kids, saying man. all the other ones. <laughs> right, I have eight kids. I'm a special guy, man. Uh, special ed, anyway. No. Um, Bradley is just, ah, I don't have any stories. I, I don't have any. I'm sorry, man. I, I just don't have any. Do you have any? Do you have any funny stories? We laugh all day. We no. laugh all day, literally. Man. Mm, I know. It's true. Yeah. 
So this is why this is one of the most high pressure questions I it ask is. people. It is. It it's is. like you got to make people laugh now. Well, I, I mean, mean, but it's it's the thing. I'm sure. I'm sure people are laughing at a lot of the things that I've said throughout this. Oh, probably. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean. So that's <laughs> amusing in itself. But nonetheless, uh, a, a dedicated story toward toward human. I mean, toward hum. I mean, for hum- humor. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, okay. You ready for this? Yeah, I'm ready. I I hope. I hope I'm ready. Why did the chicken cross the road? Oh, jeez. <laughs> I, I... <laughs> uh, oh, he's simple. Understand what? Because the bartender told him to. Because he wanted to. Ooh. <laughs>